Well, aren't you special? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. And it's Thursday, May 26, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 307. This is No Agenda. Experiencing severe deja vu all over again here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's sunny and warm and shiny, it's fantastic. I won't have a very good show then. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Well, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, and in the morning to all ships at sea, feet in the air, boots on the ground, and uh, f- uh, f- whatever else I wanted to say hi to. <laughs> and, of course, all of our human resources who, once again, faithfully have shown up in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. They are all charged up and ready to go, exactly the way their government loves them. And um, I said it right there in the opening, John, I feel like uh, it's deja vu all over again. Okay. This is nuts. Now, I, I looked it up because I, I you know, you, we all know what deja vu feels like. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I've I been did here. this before. I've been here before. Is this a dream? So when I hear about the uh, volcano erupting in Iceland. Yeah, before you go on, you have to remember even the two of us both. Uh, are, 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 have Alzheimer's, are old, Mentioned are <laughs> that when the one volcano goes off, the other one goes off shortly thereafter. Right, the one uh, next to it, you mean? Yeah. Well, but the This day- was not quite next to it. It's down the road there, but uh, right. it went off. I mean, I, I, wasn't, I was just waiting for the other one to go off. I knew something was going to happen. Well, I think the deja vu is, is going to happen because... Well, it is happening because, you know, so first of all, we get this. They start shutting down airports. And then I read some things like, oh, President Obama had to actually uh, reroute his uh, his flight as he's in Europe. And I looked it up in April uh, 2010. That was when the so we're almost exactly a year later. uh, He's in Europe and he had to reroute his uh, flight uh, to Poland. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It's, It's like the same script. (laughs) <laughs> and then I'm thinking, why, 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 why? Okay, here we go. Well, it's it's actually quite simple. I mean, it's all, uh, Europe is very interesting right now. Very interesting to watch as the struggle for the IMF chieftainship uh, is now in full swing. Uh, by the way, did you see uh, Christine Lagarde uh, started her Twitter feed, and it's Lagarde underscore IMF? I mean, please. <laughs> why don't you just, really? Yeah. Why don't, I miss that. Why don't you just tell us, Yeah. Why don't you just tell us you're in now? I mean, it's so obvious. Lagarde underscore IMF. Okay. It's not like she's in the IMF yet. So what gives her the right? But well, to, you know, she had. Um, I mean, the French feel that they own that seat at the moment because the Europeans had uh, who run supposedly run the IMF. Uh, they said that with this guy, what's his name, who, who's been... What was his Dominique Strauss-Kahn. That guy. Yeah. He uh, was going to be the last European to run the IMF. Right. Well, they cut his d- deal short, so that doesn't count. You can't... <laughs> we get can't a do-over. We get... The IMF with the guy didn't get it full term. Yeah, we get to, we get to complete our, uh, our thing. Yeah, so they're going to put another French person in. Well, so here, but here's what's happening. Greece is in absolute disarray and chaos. I mean, like, really, really, really bad. Uh, in fact, uh, let me just play a little clip. Uh, I got some, 
was it? This might have been Russia Today or something, but they got some the typical Greek guy. <laughs> it's just like, hey, let's. And by the way, Russia Today is doing something very interesting with their production. You know how when you want to edit um, a soundbite for you know a statement from somebody, you have to have some kind of beauty shot in between in order to edit what the guy is saying, right? So mm-hmm. oftentimes it's a naughty, as we call it. So they'll show the interviewer, and then the interviewer is going uh huh uh huh, which is all taped after the interview. Yeah, it's all B roll. Yeah, well, along with the questions, often they you know they they ask the questions again and then they insert that because they're doing this with one camera. Yeah, the whole thing is bogus, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, but they, but they have a new format. They they take an extreme close up of the person who's talking, cut off right above their mouth, so you see like their eyes, their nose, and every single crevice on their face. Real, it's the ugliest shot ever, and they'll use that as the shot, so it looks like the person is continuing, you know, is talking, but you can't see his mouth, so you can't. Uh, match up the words with what he's saying. It's like, wow. I mean, what kind Whose of idea was that? Really? It's like the, it's like every single time they do it, I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to see. Well, it. you know that we we pointed out on this show once before. I think one of the uh, some analysts who does look at this stuff mentioned that uh, you 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 want an extreme close up of people on a television set that it makes them look uh, dishonest. Oh, it, it, no kidding. So I would uh, and it's done on purpose. Uh, so I would assume that they, that Russia today only does that with people they're trying to uh, slant the public opinion against. Oh, good point. I'll have to I'll have to pay attention to it. It's yeah, very, you guys who it is. Yeah, it's very they, short. They, I, I would doubt they do it with everybody. So here's this report, and I believe most of this report to be true. But the Greek guy is kind of defending there. But just listen to the um, uh, uh, dissatisfaction. The ideology is that Greeks are those guys who lie in the sun and uh, don't work. <laughs> Wait a minute. See, I told you it's true. He's telling the truth. Those Greek guys just lay in the sun and don't do anything. Well, the reality is not that. Greeks work at least as much as other Europeans. I think the idea of, of, of the German government is that we should sell everything to them because we owe to them. So you see, it's a kind of situation that uh, in the end produces a very uneven relationship inside the supposedly union. Though even the slightest rumors that Greece might leave the euro have already been flatly denied by Athens and Brussels, some experts believe this would be best for the EU, even claiming it could be less painful than being warned. Experts from abroad, they uh, try to this is their Deutsche Mann. make us clear that uh, no country that has um, debts uh, should uh, escape the euro area because they would lose money. But this shouldn't be uh, our problem. It shouldn't be the problem for the wealthier um, European countries. Our research has um, shown up that uh, Greek could leave the euro area without uh, any big problems. But the Greek people are facing big problems. The total out of work is expected to hit around 800,000 this year. With an unemployment rate of 40% among the young, it seems people strolling through the city's markets are just putting on a brave face. So 40% unemployment uh, with the youth. The Germans are clearly saying, get out. We don't want any part of you. And there's this uh, struggle right now in the EU between, because, of course, Greece needs more money. And um, and this money that is given to Greece and Spain and Portugal and Ireland 
it's not just like the taxpayers from other countries. It's from banks. You know, J.P. Morgan owns, I think it's seven billion dollars worth of Greek bonds. You know, and it's not a giveaway either, by not, the way. Oh, absolutely not. But everyone's talking about, well, uh, we should restructure uh, uh, Greece's debt, and the banks are going like, I don't think so. Reprofile is the new Reprofile, that's the word, exactly. Reprofile, which means, oh, maybe they wouldn't have to pay uh, any interest for a couple years. And the banks are going, I don't think so. We want our money. And Christine Lagarde is the one who was saying, "Uh uh-uh, not going to happen. Sell your beaches. Literally, John, they're being told to sell the beach now. It went from (laughs) islands. It's like you're going to have to, the Greek people will have to pay a fee to get on their own beaches because they're privatizing them. So this is re- this is a huge huge problem, and the same is happening in Fran- uh, in Spain right now. Spain's got and it's got the same unemployment rate. And by the way, when when I was there, I was told that this was going to happen, and we reported it on the show that these you know the Spanish have a huge situation going on. Yeah. It's not it's being underreported, but they have the same thing with the low. Uh, uh, the high unemployment for youth, about for same thing, about forty percent. It's ridiculous. So the, and the kids are irked. I mean, you can. These are the people that <laughs> are minute, the bro- irked. Irked is that the word you're using? Irked. <laughs> They're irked. <laughs> they have the kids in Spain have no houses. They have. They can't. They can't even afford a place to stay. I in Greece. I read they have a, a, you know the average soup kitchen before the crisis had about a hundred people a day coming by. These days, the average soup kitchen in Greece, three and a half thousand people come by. The rats are on the street. So there's a lot of real trouble going on. The Icelandic foreign minister was just in Washington uh, about a week and a half ago. He actually he did uh, he did one of those stupid Hillary clippity clop moments up to the podium to say, "Oh yeah, we had a great little conversation." It was so stupid I couldn't even uh, pull a clip from it. It was like a minute and a half. It was literally nothing. So just suppose we've got all this crap coming down. We have to create a distraction, a big one. By closing the airports once again, and by the way, I call my buddies, and they're like, it's beautiful weather, blue sky, and these are aviators, they're like, you know, here we go again. Don't Have we forgotten the last time? Have we absolutely forgotten that there was nothing you could fly? A whole fly? year ago, for God's sake, of course. Yeah, but you could fly. <laughs> you could fly. This happens all the time. Airspace didn't shut down in the United States when Mount St. Helens erupted. You just kind of route around it. You don't have to shut everything down. So I think the Icelandic foreign minister was here. Hillary says, look, uh, we've got some problems. Uh, I think you should uh, flip the switch on that thing. Spout the thing off. Create a distraction. Obama's there. You know, they've got the G8 meeting. It's perfect. Keep everyone distracted with not being able to fly. And that's everyone I talk to from Europe. All they can talk about is, oh, oh, the airports are shutting down. Oh, you can't fly. Oh, it's going to be horrible. And meanwhile, all this other stuff is taking place. And they're starving. The people are absolutely starving. And to further my thesis that a lot of this is all set up, you know how they love to throw some little numbers in our face, John, when they pull off a little funny coup, the elites, like 33 is a big number, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. Dominique Strauss-Kahn, uh, <laughs> I was wondering why they kept reporting his hotel room number. I mean, didn't what, was, what was it? 2806. And, and it became like, 
you know, the, the mystery of room 2806, 20. And I'm like, how often does that happen in a story about rape that they have to continuously put the room number in there? Okay, I got a room number story for you, too. Go on. 2806, which uh, in European uh, date nomenclature would be June 28th. The legal proceedings uh, may force uh, Dominique Strauss-Kahn to stay in the U.S. for several months, while the deadline to participate in the Socialist Party primaries is June 28th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. I love how to do that. (laughs) So I was with a couple of friends of mine... uh, discussing this and some other issues and with the, with the theory that the latest thing of course is that Putin was involved in this whole Pro- thing probably probably yeah and when i and they said well how what Putin well there's you know apparently there were some things the IMF was doing that that Putin didn't like and at the same time uh, because it's Sarkozy trying to keep a competitor out if that's the case Putin has had the assets to do this kind of a scam mm mm-hmm. mhm and the French probably didn't, and so you do, you know, so something's going to. If we see some sort of a relationship between Sarkozy and Putin in the near future, you're going to maybe know the reason why. But the kicker was, the guys, the kicker was is apparently, and I think this is part of us. If you're going to scheme against somebody, you can't just let them casually show up at a hotel and, and drop into a room. He was upgraded to that room. Oh, really? <laughs> he was upgraded. Okay. So that wasn't his original room. So he, they put him in that room <laughs> after he checked in. The thing is, John, though, that I think the the global government, the New World Order, has really started to come together. And all these guys are working together so much that they pull off one thing. It behooves so many people. It's hard to pin down a conspiracy on one guy. It's like um, it's like the mysterious killing and disappearance of the body in any picture of uh, Osama bin Laden. It behooves so many people that you, know, you, you can't even pin it down on it. Yeah, did it benefit Obama? Of course. But did it benefit the military industrial complex? Of course. It did it benefit. Oh, let me see. Every every dickhead who wants to extend the Patriot Act tonight at midnight. Of course. So you can't pin it down to one thing because yeah, it, no, they're really coming it's, together. It's not re- and it's not necessarily a conspiracy. It's just this kind of... Uh, it's a scam. It's a holdup. <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody coming up to you. You're walking down Market Street and somebody pulls a gun on you, says, give me your money. And then they take your money and run off. Well, and you, you can't say, hey, this was some sort of a wild conspiracy. No, I see it differently. It's like you're walking down the market. Some guy stops you. Another guy kneels down behind you. And then the guy <laughs> he pushes, pushes you over. He pushes you over him. That's what I'm seeing. It's like, it's just yeah, well, and, it's then, and the way that would work with your interpretation, which I would agree with, is the guy who got behind you and drove and dropped to his knees. He just saw the situation and decided to do <laughs> Let that. Let me jump in here. Let me help out. This is cool. We can go kick some ass. It's uh, it's 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 really it's it's just it's crazy the the stuff that uh, that is happening. And then uh, you know, President Obama, what is he doing? He's on like a, a European tour or something. It's just, well, first he had to go to Ireland because of his his I'm sorry his Irish, Irish roots. His Irish. Oh, it gets better than that because then he had he has Irish roots. Now he's uh, he also came out and said that he was connected uh, when he was in, in with the Queen. He had some other connection, and he, there's also now an article that he has Flemish uh, roots. I mean, it's like yeah, of course. Eventually, we're all related to each other. In you know, if you go back to Adam and Eve. 
but come on. This is this Obama a joke. joke. Obama, where's my posse? So he goes to a bar named Obama. Yeah. Obama <laughs> Obamas. With a picture of him. <laughs> and he's having a Guinness. And by the way, the picture in the Financial Times of him and his wife, and she didn't look like she was a Guinness drinker. No. He's drinking from a half pint. Yeah. It's like, you know, drink from a pint glass, buddy, if you're going to be in one of these bars, right? Even if you don't finish it. Yeah, exactly. So he's drinking with a stem. So he's drinking Guinness from stemware. <laughs> no, I, I also saw him drink a proper one, but that was uh, that could have been from two years ago. Who knows? Well, oh, that's right. You know, I saw him drink the proper one too. But the picture in the Financial Times was you know what it must glass? have been. What? Can you take another shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Oh, let's, President? Uh, let's, a do-over, please, Mr. A President. A do-over. And so, so he probably he probably didn't want to. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that are very interesting, I, and I have some theory about that. So he's uh, he's messing up everywhere when it comes to protocol. Now, for, I don't give a crap about the elite's protocol, but uh, he signs the guest book. You heard about this, right? I didn't know about the guest book. I know about the toast. Yeah, which got- all the right wing talk show guys are going nuts over. Oh, he doesn't know how to toast the queen. Like, who cares? Yeah, no, I, I, the toast was uh, the the toast was because what he's supposed to do is wait for God save the queen to end. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't do that. He toasted No, he held early. the glass waiting for her to pick yeah. her glass up, and she looks at him like he's crazy. <laughs> She's like, are you mad? Are you mad, man? <laughs> to the queen. I like to make a toast to the her majesty, the queen. Very very proud of her. Uh, no, he, so, um, he signed the Westminster Abbey guest book and dated it May 24th, 2008. What? Yes. So I'm thinking, this is probably the other Obama, and they had him in a deep sleep, <laughs> and they just woke him up for this tour, you know, and that's why he's doing the same stuff. They just initiate the program. He's out there yeah, in he's Ireland. he's bowed going, too far. He's a bonehead. Yeah, he's guy. like, yes, we can in Ireland. Are you, are you kidding me? Yes, we can. Where did they get all those actors? I, I can't believe it. loaded up, didn't they? I can't believe it. It was just the whole... Oh my goodness! I um, was that something else that was kind of funny from uh, from his trip to Ireland? Uh, is it uh, what do they have? What's I don't know. I know so little about Ireland. Kenny is the uh, what is he the is he the I don't know. I don't want to mess it. Up. He's the leader of the parliament over there. I, I sound like a stupid American. Just say the leader of the parliament. The leader. You, would, you brought it. You drew attention to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have a name for it that I can't pronounce. His, his last name is Kenny, though. And he comes out and does a speech, and it's an exact replica of Obama's uh, Yes, We Can speech. And the news column on it, and he says, oh, no, it was a tribute. <laughs> Listen to this piece. It's pretty funny. The Taoiseach has defended his use of part of Barack Obama's election speech, saying the duplication was deliberate and designed as a tribute. Inder Kenny said he had a copy of the original speech hanging in his office, and the problems identified by President Obama were universal and applied in Ireland. The speech of a lifetime for the Taoiseach yesterday as he introduced President Obama in College Green. But today, critics noted remarkable similarities with Mr. Obama's election night victory speech in November 2008. If there is anyone out there... Now, if there's anyone out there... ...who still doubts that America is a place where... ...who still doubts that Ireland (laughs) is a place where all all things things are are possible... possible. (laughs) Who still wonders if if the dream dream of our our ancestors 
is alive in our time, who still questions our capacity to restore ourselves, to reinvent ourselves, and to prosper. Well, today is your answer. Theft or... <laughs> so it's not even exact. Who, who put that clip together? The, the Irish TV. Good clip, right? They oh, good job. Yeah, good work. And they, and yeah, they, that's the kind of thing that only John Stewart does in this country. Yeah. So I, I, and it's not exactly the same. Instead of ancestors, he says fathers. But yeah, it, that's, it is. That is the same. But even the cadence, even the the tempo, the pacing of it is the same. They, is this is this all? Is there just one movie studio that does all of this for these guys? And like. <laughs> Hey man, One coach. It's a coach. Someone's got to write the speech for that Irish dude who runs the parliament. Send a send <laughs> coach Deborah over. <laughs> it's like really, and then and here's the thing that this killed me. I guess it's that, a tribute. Who's he kidding? Yeah, please. So uh, you saw the uh, the president at uh, you know address the uh, um, the British Parliament, right? No, I didn't, as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, no, I watched the whole thing. But when he comes that's in... That's why I didn't do it. I had yeah. the sense. I, it was, it was, in, it was in the, within the force. Oh, Adam's listening. Okay, well, I was. I watched the whole thing. I'm sorry. And he, yeah, well, it's what we do, so you don't have to. So he walks in, and as he walks out, there's this dude, and he's carrying like like a stick. A, you got to watch this. Like a white stick. And like, what is with the dude with the stick? And apparently he's called... Uh, the gentleman usher of the black rod, but I mean, it looks like a curtain rail. I, you got to see this thing. It's like you know, I'm all for tradition, but dude, the stick is like lame. This is white stick, and apparently this has some huge significance. I thought it was a black rod. I know that's why I, I, I tweeted. I said, "What's with the dude with the stick?" And I was like, "Oh, it's the black rod." Well, why is it white, and why does it look like a curtain rail from IKEA? It's really <laughs> weird, and it's you know, it's supposed to have some significance, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so it's just the, 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 the whole thing is nuts. And meanwhile, back home. Well, so wait a minute. Stop. <laughs> you, you told us you went and listened to this hour speech and you didn't say, what did he say? Was it important? Did you get a clip? Nothing? Yeah, no, it, it is very important. But the important stuff was uh, between um, Lucifer Clinton and uh, Lady Baron Gaga. No. <laughs> Gaga. <laughs> Catherine Ashton, oh. who, as you know, is uh, is the high priestess of the European we've Union. We've discussed her in the past. So she is with uh, Clinton. Lady Ashton. Well, it's funny because uh, Hillary Clinton calls her Kathy. <laughs> and it's oh, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and I, and she has. She said, "I'm. No, I, I don't. I don't want to talk." They must have something going on together. Well, I, ugh, I don't want to think about that. Because um, what really was going on, and I think Obama is kind of the cover for all this. Is, How come men can't get away with that? Do you think if, if somebody, some like Obama called her Kathy, it would, the right-wing talk show guys would be all over it. Yeah, it's a good point. And, um, and she is, a, they call her the high representative of the European Union, which, I, which is, it just sounds so incredibly elitist, the high representative. So I'll just call her the high priestess. But what they've done is, um, and this is what this whole visit was about, they've put together a treaty between the United States and the United States of Europe. It's the EU-US, um, oh, hold on a second, let me just get the exact uh, word. It's a, it's a treaty, 
And uh, it, it's kind of interesting because this is because of this treaty. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't expecting to talk about this at this moment. I'm going to bring up the uh, here it is. The EU, the US EU framework. There we go. So, uh, Secretary of State, uh, Hillary Lucifer Clinton, European Union High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Catherine Ashton, signed the framework agreement between the United States and the European Union on the participation of the United States in European Union crisis management operations. Does this tell you anything? Oh, really? Yeah. So, you got. So, we're sending our military over there. Well, here's how it works. So. First, you got to listen to Lucifer, and she was interviewed by um, uh, who's the NBC chick? Uh, and I'm thinking Jane Pauley. You know the one, eh, this one, Rachel Maddow. Well, I think President Obama was very clear. Um, and what we want is to continue to support the voices of democracy, those who are standing against the brutality. Uh, but we're also well aware every situation is different and in this one Assad has said a lot of things so this is about Syria now it's very important we hear this before we hear what she and Kathy Ashton say together that you didn't hear from other leaders in the region about the kind of changes he would like to see that may all be out the window or he may have one last chance at the same time you know this who's that that voice who is that Say it again. The Syrian regime is close to Iran. They're getting support. No, isn't that... What's her name from CBS? Oh, the one who's leaving? No, Who yeah. What's her name? Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, she's... Deborah. Deborah. What's her name? <laughs> Deborah. From Iran Deborah. To, for their tactics of suppression, if you will. Uh, they support terrorist groups like Hezbollah and Hamas. So why not just say he needs to be removed? Well, you're right that Iran is supporting them, and, and we're calling them out on it. We're calling them out. There's all kinds of memes here. We're calling Assad out on Syria. So this is about moving into Syria. Stand by. Uh, but I think we also know uh, that there are many different forces at work in Syria, and we think it would be better if the people of Syria themselves made it clear to Assad that there have to be changes. The whole notion of regime change isn't working very well in Libya, is it? I disagree with that. I think we are seeing slow but steady progress. Uh, the uh, pressure on the Qaddafi uh, regime has uh, increased to the point that Qaddafi's wife and daughter fled uh, across the border into Tunisia in the last two days. The oil minister has defected. So we're making progress. I wish it would go faster. They certainly wish it would go faster, but we're on the right path. Why does the killing of civilians in Libya justify U.S. military involvement, but the killing of civilians in Syria does not. There's no one-size-fits-all. Right, hold on a second. You know, can, 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 that's Katie Curry. Deborah Curry. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we do know. Yeah, Deborah Curry. But De- 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 Deborah Curry. <laughs> um, does, does this sound like, I mean, I, she's obviously being groomed by uh, the White House because she's being kicked out of CBS and she's going to go someplace else and do oh, special yeah. reports. And she's reading all these questions with she, her eyes oh, down. I, just, I was just oh, going to yeah. say, it oh, yeah. sounds like she's reading from a script. These are so poorly executed as questions. She is actually, because this is a two-camera shoot, a three-camera shoot, she actually has her eyes down and she's reading the question from the paper. 
She is reading the questions the right White House wrote for yes, her. Yes, yes, and it's and this is very important how Lucifer answers, and then what happens next. Yeah, no magic. I, I want to mention to people that the reason that you want the White House, or the, the way the the White House would prefer this performance to be done this way is because it has to lead the listener. You first got to get the listener to a frame of mind. Uh huh. And then you draw, you know, it's just the way you do sales, you know, so you do one of the old sales tricks <laughs> yeah. I always like is, do you want the sandals or the boots? Oh, you I, want I the like shoes the sales or- trick where, where a guy says, well, don't you agree that, or don't you agree you know, to get you to say yes a couple yeah. of times about some innocuous questions. And once you say yes, and you put your brain into yes gear, then they drop the bomb on you. All right. So here, now here comes something very funny. And Syria does not. There's no one-size-fits-all, and there's no magic wand. If there were, we'd be waving it like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, Hillary. That's Hillary with her magic wand. (laughs) And in Libya, what we had was a unique international coalition. What we're seeing now is increasing pressure on Syria. We're seeing uh, the European Union taking actions. Uh, us upping the actions. And you I hear think that? You hear more- that? We see the European Union taking actions. So the European Union is taking actions, as Hillary says, against Syria. Okay, mm-hmm. this is important. Or in the days to come. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. All right, and then she goes into that. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> so uh, then uh, uh, Hillary and Kathy, who has one of those... Um, it's a trait, you know. It's it's like a it's it's a um, it's a tribe. And she has one of those chins that's been chopped off. You know what I mean? It's like chopped off backwards. Like she hit the dashboard real hard and it like collapsed. So she's, I mean, chinless I, wonder we call them. Chinless wonder. That's the one. And, you know, nothing about people's exterior, but it hates in it helps in my hate for her just to look at her dog face. So they uh, they sign this agreement. They hand each other the binders, and then this. Well, it is such a pleasure for me to welcome back to the State Department uh, High Representative Kathy Ashton. This is weird, isn't it, that she says Kathy? Everyone in the world says Catherine, and she's Kathy. High Representative Kathy, hi. Uh, the United States and the European Union are partners working together on, I think, every uh, global issue and regional challenge that you can imagine. We're doing the urgent, the important, and the long-term. Now listen to this. The urgent, the important, and the long-term. Squirrel! This is good. All at once. And we are united in a transatlantic community that is based on shared democratic values and limitless faith in human potential. As always, uh, Kathy and I had a lot to talk about uh, because there is <laughs> so much happening. Kathy, as, as we were as we were rattling our our jewels and we were looking at comparing our Chanel dresses, we had a lot to talk about. Happening around the world. And by the way, you should see her. She's going oh, 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 the chinless wonder is nodding her head. At a time when people are standing up for their rights and demanding a say in their own futures, and. Both the European Union and the United States um, are very committed to advancing democratic values and universal rights. Uh, And we know how important that is over the long term, but we also know that right now those uh, rights are under threats uh, from repression and reprisals. 
We expressed our serious concern about the continued violence uh, in Syria. Uh -huh. uh, the Assad regime has responded to peaceful protests by launching a brutal crackdown brutal. that has killed, uh, by our best uh, estimate, uh, nearly a thousand people. Ah, so quite a different story now from what she was telling Deborah Couric there. And now it's like, oh, this guy is horrible. He's killed a thousand people. Ready. They have embraced the worst tactics of their Iranian ally, oh. and they have refused to honor the legitimate aspirations of their own people in Syria. President Assad talks about reform, but he And this is new, by the way? Yeah, this is, yeah but, but now the EU can go in, and now we're going to support them. ...handed, uh, brutal crackdown brutal. Uh, shows his true intentions. Mm. In response to the continued violence, both the United States and the EU have imposed sanctions against senior Syrian officials... And today we discussed additional steps that uh, we can take to increase pressure and further isolate the Assad regime. Yeah, what could those steps be? Let me think. Steal their money. Yeah, exactly. Well, number one. Well, she actually she actually tells you what's going to happen by reiterating what we just did with Libya. Our message has been clear and consistent from the beginning: stop the violence and okay. the arrests, all right. release all political prisoners and detainees okay, check. and begin uh, to respond to the demands of the people by a process of credible and inclusive democratic change. Mm. The High Representative and I also discussed efforts to protect civilians in Libya. Oh. Uh, the United ah. States continues to support our efforts to implement the United Nations Security Council resolution. Is that uh, long form for throwing bombs on people? Is that what efforts means? <laughs> our efforts. Our, it's our efforts. It's just I an effort. So. Excuse me, is that an effort that just blew my ass into the sky? Yes, it's an effort. We're working uh, with the EU to uh, support... Uh, the Transitional National Council, and we welcome uh, the EU's decision to open an office in Benghazi. <laughs> this killed me. Oh, what color are the drapes for the office in Benghazi, Kathy? <laughs> an office in Benghazi. <laughs> what, I mean, what? We love opening offices, but we don't care about fixing the potholes here in the good old U.S. <laughs> Ongoing EU support for humanitarian uh, assistance. Oh, yeah. Consultants and boots on the ground. And for our part, we are working with our Congress to redirect some of Gaddafi's seized Stolen assets money. toward immediate humanitarian needs. Yeah, like uh, my uh, hotel in Haiti. That's my immediate humanitarian aid. So, so the message is so incredibly clear. It's like, hey, Assad, do exactly what we say. We're going to take your money and we're going to use it uh, for efforts. And then we'll open an office and then you'll be screwed. Yeah, you so, better get out while the getting's good, buddy. So I could not find a copy of said EU framework agreement uh, other than... Oh, you will. Oh, yeah, I will. Of course. Other than Sunday show, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. it's going to be I'm sure it's going to be a gem because if you can't find it right away, then, you know, there's some good stuff in there. Well, I have one paragraph. This agreement provides a legal framework, legal framework. This is legal. It's the law, law of the land for United States civilians to participate in European Union crisis management missions. I mean, that's like, wow. So we're going to use our army, our military force for anything the European Union wants. The United States previously negotiated an agreement for our participation in the EU's rule of law mission in Kosovo and an ad hoc arrangement 
for our participation in the EU Security Sector Reform Mission, EUSEC, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. This agreement eliminates the need to negotiate entirely new, separate agreements for our future participation in EU missions. Voila. We are now the military of the United States of Europe. Yeah, and here's and here's the kicker that was in there. Did you notice this kicker in the Katie Couric piece where uh, she was questioning her about uh, with a bogus question yeah. about how it's going in Libya? And, and Hillary's made the point of saying it's not going well. It's not going as well not as so we expected. Well, yeah. And why is that? It's because we're not running it. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Of course, the of course, the irony of this, of course, is when we are running it like in Iraq, we can't seem to get out. Yeah. Goes on for decades. Play the uh, just to show you what's going on in Libya. Play the bombing Libya clip. Oh, oh, you caught me off guard. I'm so sorry. Here we go. It was the heaviest bombardment of central Tripoli for more than two weeks. NATO said it hit a vehicle compound used for resupplying Gaddafi's troops. Libyan government officials took camera crews to a nearby hospital, showing reporters three dead and claiming 150 were injured. We have uh, three martyrs so far. Uh, the injured have been taken to uh, two different hospitals. This is one of them. Some of them, of course, were cheated uh, and they have gone home already because of their light injuries. Some have bigger, uh, more serious uh, injuries. Some have died, of course, as you have seen. NATO has been expanding its range of targets in central Tripoli, hitting Colonel Gaddafi's fortified compound, intelligence headquarters, and naval vessels oh, in you the can city's harbour. You get the idea. There's two things in here. One, I thought this was a no-fly zone. This sounds like an attack. <laughs> well, n- not only that, but so first of all, uh, last week they sunk eight ships. In the yeah, no- they eight- mentioned that in this report, which we, I cut short. But yeah, and yeah, then, he talks about yeah. a bunch of ships. Yeah, eight ships. How's that a no-fly zone? And now they have actual troops on the ground to coordinate assistance and attack helicopters. Yeah, they had t- three three uh, uh, Apaches. I yeah. Think. Uh, they asked Hillary Clinton for uh, her comment. <laughs> I just love that. So I love this. The spokes, the spokes idiot from Libya goes. He says, "If you could play that little part, part don't you have to." I'll just reiterate. He says, "You know, we had three dead, and th- and and then six or f- he had some number of people cheated." From martyrdom. <laughs> yeah. Basically, in other words, these, these three that got killed were lucky. Yeah. And the other ones that, that made it through were cheated. Yeah. What kind of a bunch of boneheads are these people? <laughs> what is going on with the world is what I say. <laughs> what cheated. A- well, okay, we'll go back and bomb them at yeah, home. Do over. Do over. <laughs> do over. We're <sighs> cheated. It's it's, uh, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's uh, oh, it's not funny. It's funny. To, I mean, it's it's. For our ba- ba- for the basis of this show, it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, there's plenty more to talk about. I think first we should thank some of our uh, producers who have made today's program uh, yeah, possible. Yeah, we have a, uh, some people came in late with some r- nice, uh, and we have to add another um, another uh, night to the uh, list. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, Kent Zeiser came in this morning with a $1,000 donation with the following note. Uh, John, I'm sorry I spent so long since sending you guys some money to increase my giving level. Would you mind sending my wife and I some karma? Yeah, of course. Kidding me? 
You've got karma. And uh, he says, um, we've been trying to adopt a baby and having some difficulty with the process. It's our turn to see if much-needed karma would turn things around. You oh, guys- I, thought I, I thought I had to go help. Huh? Freak me out for a minute. You guys are the lithium that keeps me going through the day and always look forward to the CB crackpot and buzzkill days on Thursday and Sunday. Uh, and that's uh, Sir Kent Zeiser, and he's going to... Uh, He'll be knighted today. And No, he's already been knighted. Oh, he's already knighted. Oh, that's right. He is already a sir. But he wants... I asked, I sent a note back saying, do you want to give this uh, knighthood to somebody, somebody so he can give it to yeah. his wife? Oh, so, so she'll be a dame. A dame, yeah. Shalomi. Do we, uh, okay. Uh, Just put it on the list. Shalomi? Yeah. What an interesting name. Dame Shalomi. Okay. S-H-A-L-O-M-I, I think. Okay. Uh, also, uh, out in uh, Darwin. Yes. Uh, in Australia. Uh, and who wants to go by the name and who will be a knight today? Murasaki 8. Uh, jumped on the $1,111.11. Bandwagon. Oh, the, the, the big, the big 11, 11, 11, 11 karma. The 11, 11, 11, 11, 11 karma. Yeah. Please use Murasaki 8, not my name. Jeff Smith, no. Hello from Darwin, <laughs> Australia. Don't always agree with either of you. Of course not. Why would you? Yeah, that would be crazy. Then, then you miss the whole point of the show. The sh- point of the show is not to get agreement. It's to get you to think you know, in new and different ways. But it's always thought-provoking, of course, and funny. Uh, that's mostly because I'm hilarious to listen to. And currently... <laughs> I'm currently at the uni... Future sys admin, good. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy is a student? Yeah. I would like God some karma for my linear algebra exam in a few weeks. This is- uh, yeah, here, yeah, you need that. Here it comes. You've got <laughs> karma. Wow. He's at uni and he's, and he's, wow, th- that, that is, uh, whew. I'm and humbled. we have another I'm birthday, humbled. which I don't see mentioned here, but he says he wants a birthday shout out to his fellow conspirator. Lani, who got me listening to No Agenda. Her birthday's on Friday the 25th of May, but please don't inquire about her age. Okay, I have... She's uh, 19. Yeah, of course she is. I have Lani on the list, so we'll make oh, sure... Oh, you do have Lani on yes, the list. I'm sorry. Yes, I do. Okay, it just wasn't botched nope. here. Oh, it wasn't um, buttoned. It didn't have a little logo. Wasn't yeah, there's it. no logo, but I got and it. And we got one check in the mail, which also uh, counts for an executive producer, which was David Hoffman, sent in a uh, generous donation of 717 $717.02 with a note. Thank you, John and Adam. Here's the area code donation. Ah, We've yes. been exploiting that enough. 717 uh, plus two cents. My two cents, he says. Oh, there you Thank go. you, Rhino the Bearded, Yellow Jacket, Gitmo Slave, Citizen X, Mr. Oil, and all the producers who make the No Agenda stream more than just a bi-weekly stop. That's true. Uh, no Agenda, Ham on the Air, and he has his call letters, which I'll do in the, I'll pronounce the way I guess you do it. <laughs> Sir uh, N, uh, or I'm sorry, it would be Nuclear, nuclear 3, <laughs> Popcorn Random Ossify. <laughs> Ossify. Ossify. I, I didn't know I was breaking the speed limit, Ossify. That's David Hoffman in the no Oscar. O is for Oscar. 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 November. That Papa. Was Oscar. Ossify. Ossif- Ossif- or Orange. Yeah. So when you're flying next time and someone hands you the controls, try that. Yeah, this is... Uh, <laughs> the, this is uh, Naples uh, Ossify Orange coming in for a landing. And we'll see how you do. And then we have our uh, one more 
And associate executive producer Dwayne Melancon. Oh, Dwayne's been around for a while. Sir, sir. Me- I think, is it Melanson? Melanson? Have we been through this? Well, he's in Tigard, Oregon, so I don't think he pronounces it Melanson, but maybe it could be. It's French. <clears throat> John and Adam. Um, greetings for, from Sir Dwayne. On Saturday, I heard Blondie's Rapture a whole bunch of times. Maybe that's... Well, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe. He, does he mean on the stream? Did the, was Doug uh, acting <laughs> that, up? Maybe. <laughs> it could be. Maybe that is what that douchebag meant. Oh, for the Rapture. <laughs> uh, of course. Oh, no, I get it. So you got radio stations. Uh, this is an old Top 40 oh, trick. People hey, everybody, it. we're not dead, and here's Blondie's Rapture. <laughs> I'm so incredibly funny, I came up with that. <laughs> okay, that's where they, okay, you're right. Anyway, glad I hung on to my money. <laughs> but I thought I'd send you some in appreciation of your great work lately, the fact that Adam said my last name correctly, Melanson. See? Melanson. Melanson. Uh, in the you. morning, I you know I was with a bunch of French people yesterday. I went to the big champagne tasting in San Francisco, and wow. everybody was French. That's, it was quite a, I, quite. That's funny. I, I I don't see my invite anywhere. It was it was for the trade. Oh, uh, and uh, Sir Dwayne uh, uh, was in for three hundred seven dollars. So thank wow, you very much. So kind. Thank, thanks uh, all the new knights. It's great. Yes, yeah, and um, so we the we have more info. I guess the rings uh, are in the mail now. Uh, DHL has sent the rings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Murasaki Eight is a dame. I am reliably informed. Did we? Uh, did we know that? Hello. No, we don't know that. There's no evidence. So I don't know. How do I know Murasaki is a is a dame? Well, I have it. Uh, I have the uh, shield is uh, back channeling me. So you're telling me that she's taking linear algebra? Now, what a sexist thing to say. <laughs> Are you telling me that women can't do linear algebra? Is that what you're saying? Shame on you, Mr. Dvorak. Yes, it was bad. Shame on you. Actually, one of the smartest women I ever knew was a mathematician. The women are dissuaded. That's like saying some of my best friends are black. I mean, they are. Women are dissuaded from going into math. That's what I meant to say. Like By who? Who, for who, who dissuades women going into <laughs> the American me guys like me? Yeah, okay, done. <laughs> All right, a couple of PR man, a couple of PR mentions. Uh, Clink says, uh, John and Adam, uh, please put a call out to whomever is uh, maintaining noagendapredictions.com. Get them to update the calendar, or at least turn over control to someone who will. The last entry was from October 2010. This way, John won't have to write down the prediction and highlight it with his with his marker. <laughs> Pretty crude, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, couple of other cool forwards to. Well, let me also thank Lois Whitman, who's out there as a actually a professional public relations. She's person. really working it for us, isn't she? She does uh, every once in a while. She does a. Uh, she is uh, the a, the W and H W H P R in New York, and she's uh, one of the probably. She's a real old fashioned, hard working type New York style PR woman, and uh, she's done a. Uh, she, every once in a while, she she thinks the show needs to get some publicity, and she sends out her note to I don't know who. Well, shouldn't she uh, commission some kind of study that shows that people that listen to No Agenda uh, are, are, I'll have to talk to her about this are better at linear algebra or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. that's what we need. That's what gets us the press. We need a study. Yeah, we need some phony baloney study. Oh, I yeah. mean, sorry, I'm sorry, some serious Sci- study. Yeah, scientific science. Science is science. in. Science. Science. Um, 
forwarding to noagendashow.com, uh, another great domain name, uh, veritabletreasuretrove.com. <laughs> Of course, referring to yeah, that was a beauty veritable treasure trove uh, that uh, was found in Osama bin Laden's compound, his mansion. <laughs> Another forward, uh, DvorakCurry.com. Funny, no one ever tried to register that one before. That is weird. Yeah, CurryDvorak.com. So that's good. I don't quite understand uh, this. I, well, there's two that uh, came in here from James. Uh, UNBiodiversityConference.com, which is nice. You know, someone should be Googling around, and all of a sudden they hit our show notes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? That would be ironic. This? And then Cop11.com. Am I missing something with Cop11? See, Oh, oh, I know. Of course. That's the Cop. Uh, that's the uh, the climate conference. Isn't that called the oh, COP? Uh- I don't know, is it? Yeah, I yeah. I think, oh, wow. So we have COP11.com. People are like, oh, I have to go see what uh, if I can book a hotel room for the climate conference. <laughs> like COP11.com takes them to noagendashow.com. Nice. And then Baron von Pelsmachers. I don't know. You know, this this guy has a... He's in my prayers every night. <laughs> he really is. I go to bed and I think, and Lord... Please bless Mickey and my daughter and and Stephen Pelsmachers. Please just bless him. Please protect him from all evil. The Baron of Belgium. Uh, John and Adam, I decided to add a couple more domain names to the for, that forward to noagendashow.com. John, let me just give them to you. Two to the head dot com dot org dot me. Advertising, underwriting, all call it whatever you want dot com. Back to... Re- <laughs> Back to real, back to realnews.com. Uh, uh, what is this? Oh, to, uh, be a donor or not to be a donor, not a boner.com. Biodiversity.com, info me and org. Biodiversity.me.n.mobi. Chemtrails.me. Coincidence.me. Dame of no agenda.com, dedouching.com.org.me, distraction we of. Need the, to get, we need to do, document these. We're losing track of all these things. Well, I have them all. I just don't have them all in one place. I mean, I, I'm going to put up a wiki. I've been working on finding the best wiki software. Oh, please. Wiki. Yeah, and that way people can. They can come get in and notes. change it. Come in and wreck it. <laughs> they can come Nobody in and, will wreck it. Come in and wreck the wiki. Well, wait. Let me just finish the list. Distractionoftheweek.com.org.me. Don'tbeadenier.com.org.me. Geneticallymodified.me. Oh, that, that's, that's a, a great one. one, isn't it? Yeah. Gitmonationlowlands.me. Gitmoslave.com. Info me, Moby, Net, and Org. Gitmoslaves.com. Harp.me. Just send cash.org and dot me, night of no agenda.com. Hello, was that not registered? Dot info dot net, live from Gitmo Nation, Lucy Napolitano.com, Mavericks of me, Moby Organ Info, Naked Body Scanner.me, New World Order.me, No Agenda Slave.com, another one I can't believe. Planes-good-trains-bad.com, but also <laughs> planesgoodtrainsbad.com. Punchpeopleinthemouth.com, roundupready.me, nice, see something, say something.me, swineflu.minute.com, takeyourmedicines.com, takeyourmeds.org, text333.com, the formula is this.com, trainsgoodplanesbad.com, uh, tsaslave.com, you've got karma.org, and you will obey.com. Hello, 
Baron von Pelsmachers. Again, the man is just in my dreams. And then, so, uh, uh, yeah. th- those are all great. And they, you know, we are actually setting up, even though we don't mean to, but we're actually setting up what could become a great forwarding kind of like a botnet. It, you know, we could actually do, a, you could actually use these for some sort of powerful movement if we ever, you know, need to. Well, and, and there's a couple of things I was thinking about, and I'd like to, um, I, I'm, I, I'm processing what we can do here, but one thing's for sure. When we're unable to pay our internet license fee to do a show, which is uh, coming up, they're discussing that uh, in France today. You know, when we have to have a license to do a podcast, a so-called yeah, internet and podcast and the license. license won't be cheap. No, so when we it'd be like an early broadcaster's license. You know, yeah. you have to remember that in the early days of radio in the 1910s, people, anyone could start, could just get a radio transmitter, and they were it was a hobby. It was like computer hobby. And then somebody got a, the wise idea. So, well, there's too many people broadcasting on these frequencies. Let's start charging them money and making them fill out forms and rationalizing why they should exist. <laughs> yeah. It's expensive. The it's, it's not so much the money we're going to have to pay. It's going to be the forms and the paperwork. Well, and you and I will go like, uh-huh. oh, never oh, mind. No. Uh, so anyway, when the, when 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 we refuse to do that, of course, and they take away our domain name, we'll just we'll have three hundred more we can just flip on. That's the beauty of it because that's what they're doing, right? They're taking away the domain names. They're capturing the DNS, and we'll just have ah, we don't care. Shutupslaves.com still runs. Oh, we'll take that away. It's okay. SeanHanny.com still works. Uh, <laughs> Gitmoslaves.com. And then um, a nice uh, tip here. Um, one of our uh, producers registered NoAgendaWatchList.com. And he says, you know, why don't, instead of just forwarding to NoAgendaShow.com, why don't we set it up so that we can have a list of names? So we will have our own watch list of douchebags that we're watching. I thought it was kind of a good idea. That is a good idea. So I hope that... Uh, now, Wiki would help there. Wiki. Yeah, Wikis suck. Now, Wikis are great. Uh, anyway, thank you all so very much. Uh, thanks to our uh, our uh, PR associates there. And, of course, associate executive producer, Sir Dwayne Melasson. And uh, our executive producer, Sir Kent Zeiser. Sir uh, Dame. Sorry. Whoops. Let me just change that in the notes here. Dame... Murasaki 8 and David Hoffman for supporting the show. Uh, you are the ones who are driving this along with all of the other people who uh, come in at lower amounts, but are equally as pre- we're equally appreciative of that. And we'll be thanking them later on in the show. Of course, we have something we'd like all of you out there to do, and is let's propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Whoa! And I just wanted to mention, I think I got, I interrupted myself, distracted myself, um, that the night rings, uh, anyone who uh, supports the show with up to $1,000 or more, more is certainly welcome, uh, becomes a night or dame of the no agenda roundtable, you get a uh, an official uh, no agenda night or dame ring, and they are on their way from uh, China. Uh, with DHL, but they also we have these beautiful uh, like velvet velour box that they come in, and uh, and you get a an official uh, like uh, what is it called like a certification uh, thing, a little certificate of authenticity. Yeah, Dvorak dot org slash na. On with the show. Uh, I need some yeah, coffee. Also, people can go to no agenda. 
Nation.com. No agenda. Yes. Nation.com. Yeah, I need some and coffee. A donate dot, I need some coffee.com. So, uh, yeah, I've got a couple of things. Uh, just, to, <coughs> just to do a quick break here. Yeah. I do have another uh, soap opera clip. Oh, lucky me. From the uh, Bold and the Beautiful. <laughs> and I, I realized, I didn't realize it, but what they do is they try to make the banal uh, kind of, uh, they, they, by kind of overacting, you can make the banal quite uh, dramatic. And this is a good example. Keeps coming back to me. How close I came to losing you. But you didn't. You rescued me. By the grace of God, too. And here I am grilling you about something so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does seem a little bit ridiculous, but you know what? I should have told you about those berries. You said... Thomas didn't want you to eat them? No, he didn't, and he was right. I shouldn't have. That's some good acting right there, John. <laughs> you know, uh, of course, we play this... And uh, I in, can't get a bit part? I mean, come on. <laughs> we play Well, no, because this is all an homage of the fact that uh, the soap operas are going away. I watched uh, Oprah's very last show yesterday. Uh, you know, I did everything to avoid... In fact, I was so irked about this oh this oprah distraction of the week you should play that before you go into this by the way uh, well it, i don't think it's a distraction of the week and i the i avoided distraction of the week hey, oh, no. i i avoided watching the oprah show i i don't watch it anyway so why would i watch it now and there were all these reports that were every time they brought it up i switched the channel i don't want to i don't care well no but this is why we have such an interesting program is because we switch around like that. You know, you watch uh, very important soap operas about berries, and I watch Oprah's last show. I think the soap opera that where she <laughs> swallows a berry is more interesting than listening to, to watching Oprah cry. <laughs> uh, um, actually, here's something I watched, and I wrote a, uh, actually wrote a review of it. I watched uh, the big whitewash known as HBO's television movie Too Big to Fail. Oh, yeah, I missed that. How was it? Piece of crap. Ah, good. It was now, first of all, it was put together well. I mean, it was it was nicely done. The actors in this thing, James Woods, Paul Giamatti, Matthew Modine, Ed Asner, Bill Hurt. I mean, good yeah, actors. Yeah, guys like to watch act. Yeah, and they all should be ashamed of themselves. They all should go f self-radicalize themselves in the bathroom. This, it, it, okay, I'll sum it up for you. Your government is really good on your side and saved us all from Armageddon. Banks now are really too big to fail. In fact, that's the end of, uh, end of the movie. John, it's unbelievable. Hank Paulson, Treasury Secretary at the time, is portrayed like a hero. Like a total hero. Oh, um, I have to save the world and the stuttering rats. Hank. Yeah, the rats will be walking on the street, and his his wife calls him Pete, by the way. And then he's he's so emotional, he has to throw up because he's so emotional about what's happening. Ben Bernanke, expertly played, I have to say, by uh, Paul Giamatti, is the voice of calm and reason, and he's so smart, and he has studied the uh, the Great Depression, and he's so good. And guess who's the genius in this movie? The the genius behind the the bailout, Neil Kashkari, is the genius in this movie. And Timmy Geithner, Timmy, he 
he's like a straight shooter. Yeah, he just calls it like it is. Timmy. Yeah, Timmy. It's just unbelievable. This was such a whitewash. Wow. It sounds it sounds embarrassing. Totally embarrassing. In fact, uh, here's uh, I ended my review, which I wrote at Curry.com. Luckily, President Obama's European tour 2011 has distracted a lot of attention from this blatant broadcast from the Ministry of Truth. The creators failed to draw in the big audience they wanted because of a rookie mistake. They didn't cast Kim Kardashian. That is the fact. Then it would have scored. I saw I take it nobody watched this. No, 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 no. It was no good. Yeah, I mean, well, Kim Kardashian doesn't save anything if you haven't noticed because when they brought her on at Piers Morgan, they couldn't get any numbers either. I think it's a it's bull crap. Well, that but that's like North and South Pole, the magnet, you know. I think everything uh, kind of hinged on Obama's car getting stuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> he wasn't in it. You know, he wasn't in it, John. He wasn't in it. Really? Of what was course, he walking? Of course he was in it. I, lo- was I love it. that they say, of the president was not in the vehicle. Yeah, he what was. What was he in then? It, what, it's bull crap. They, 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 they can't have the the our Lord Savior embarrassed by anything. Hey, talk about thin skin. You better tell him I'm not in it. So the thing, this, they, I guess they haul this 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 clunker everywhere. And they put it in the 747 somehow, I assume. No, they can put, of course they do. See, well, and they, so they haul this easy. thing called the Beast or the Monster, whatever they call it. And so they the brought beast. it to Buckingham Palace and the thing comes across a, a speed bump and then gets stuck on the speed bump because it's so I think low this, and long. I think it was Ireland, John. I don't, I think it, was it was Ireland, right. It was the embassy. And then it was rocking. It was the embassy. It was rocking on the speed bump. Yeah. And it made a big scraping sound, and it got stuck. It's yeah, everyone was like, but he hey. wasn't in it. No, I didn't he, know that part. No, he wasn't in it. No, he wasn't. So, in what it. was he walking? Is on a bike? Where, where uh, was he? Well, they were just taking it for a spin. He uh, wasn't. He wasn't in it. Hey, you know who died? This tripped me out today. Tripped Mar- you out? Yeah, Mark Haynes. You know Mark Haynes? He's the co-host of CNBC Squawk on the Street with. Oh yeah, that guy. Did you know he died? Yeah, I do because they, they were talked. I was watching something last night and they mentioned it. So Aaron Burnett leaves to go work for the Ministry of Truth, and he dies. And we still don't know how he died. I don't it know. It was just a, it was a sudden death the way it was described on CNN. Right, <laughs> one of those sudden death things, huh? Like Aaron, well, why Mark? would they, what was it? What would be? Why would he be a target of anything? I don't know. For any I mean, he's got a big mouth. He might have peed someone off. Aaron, but it's just it's just like Aaron Burnett leaves, and and a week later the guy's dead, sudden death. Oh, yeah, but Aaron Burnett wasn't on CNN. No, it was CNBC. It was no, he was on CNN. No, John Mark Haynes is the fat guy who hosted with Aaron Burnett CNBC's morning show. Is Hello, right? yes. Well, I, I, hey, I've only seen that show a couple of times because I don't get up at that hour. No. <laughs> I've watched. Oh, you're right. Yeah, okay. He's the former host, though. I think he was at CNN. No, 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 you become former host when you're dead. I'll I'll be the former host of No Agenda one day. Adam Curry, former host of No Agenda, better known as the lone wolf of the internets, refused to pay his license, his podcasting license. Well, I do know. I did watch that show once when they were blasting Layman, or they had people on that were blasting Layman. Listen, he, Aaron Burnett leaves, he dies a week later. That's just messed up. 
Either it was heartbreak, which I can believe. Just total heartbreak. They weren't on at the same time, and nobody. They, I've been to they those were, offices. They did the show together. She was on that morning morning yes, show. Yes, they did this. Gosh, John, they did the show together. She was co-host. Hmm. Really? I mean, I'm reading the thing here. Yeah. All right, you should read that thing, please. So, um, well, I, I think I've been uh, talking about this for a couple years now. And finally, yes, we have a study and, uh, and the science is in, ladies and gentlemen. Science! Researchers from the Medical University of Vienna, Vienna now, say, you know what? If we put lithium in the water, less people will commit suicide. Yeah, you've been talking about this on and off. Yeah, but but now they have a scientific research uh, published in the British Journal of Psychiatry. And uh, so there's, again, serious discussion about putting low levels of lithium into the drinking water. In fact, this says lithium is the new fluoride. Is that what it says? Yes. Oh, that's terrible. Lithium is the yes, new is the new fluoride. waking up. Is fluoride in my cup? I need uh, a new jingle, please. The, the best part of waking up is lithium in my cup. They could have put lithium in the water because it it uh, reduces suicide rates. Yeah, it makes everybody mellow. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Hey, John. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, this is a By the way, if they put it in our water, this show is is it's toast. Over. Well, that's why I have reverse osmosis filtration system. Oh, do you? Even on the shower water. Oh, yeah. Oh, even on the shower. Do water. you know how much? Yeah, it, uh, water from you have more chance of chemicals coming into your body body from uh, water that you shower with. Oh, no, let me write this one down. It's a crack. Strobe waffles. Mm. It just sucks. It's a, you're, you're porous, apparently. You know, I, I, would, I would get some caulk or spackle. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is absolutely true. There's more water that the, the chemicals seep into your body when you take a shower. Of course you're porous. I know that I go and take a shower. I'm like 10 pounds heavier when I get out. <laughs> oh, which reminds me. This is hilarious. Hold on a second. I got to. And now back to real news. This was a great story that came in this morning from uh, New Zealand. And I and like, I mean, are people really buying this? Okay, so listen to this. <laughs> listen to this story. A New Zealand truck driver fell um, between uh, the cab and his uh, trailer. And you know, between the cab and the trailer, they have those uh, cur- big curly yellow, red, and, and green uh, air hoses. It's for the air brakes. Yeah. So, so he fell. I, I got to read this. This is from the BBC. I got to read this. Cause, so you know it's true. A New Zealand truck driver who fell on a compressed air hose that pierced his buttock. Survived, <laughs> oh, I can already see. Wait, this is not good. Survived being blown up like a balloon. The nozzle pierced his buttock and began pumping air into his body, which expanded dramatically. <laughs> Do I, am, I, am I to believe what this? What was this written by? The Warner Brothers cartoon people? <laughs> As he screamed, Mr. McCormack's colleagues turned the air off and laid him on his side, saving his life. I guess they had to tie him down, too, so he didn't float away. So um, 
Doctors told him they were surprised his skin had not burst as the compressed air pumping into his body at 100 pounds per square inch had separated fat from muscle. I was blowing up like a football. I felt like I had the bends like in diving. I had no choice but to just lay there blowing up like a balloon. Oh, God. At the end, though, and this is the this is the case. BBC, I mean, whoever, you're right. I don't know who wrote this. This is right, byline Arch Obler. It's anyway, old timers. Let, 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 let me see. Byline. Uh, no byline. It's fair to say he's lucky to be alive. It was a potentially life threatening situation. A hospital spokeswoman told Agent France Press. Final line of the story. Mr. McCormack confided that the air was gradually escaping his body in the way that air usually does. <laughs> oh, I, sur- I survived. Yeah, they really need to get some new uh, material. BBC, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, how's that lithium doing for you? Ah, boy, I'm glad I didn't fall on an air hose today in my buttock. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nutty. These people, man, I can't believe it. But I, I do appreciate it because, you know, it gives us hours of material. Just hours and hours of material. Hey, I got one for you, kind of an ask, Gavin. Did you hear about the t- the Ted Stevens follow-up report? Yeah, I did. I saw you had a clip, so I don't yeah, have the clip. Yeah, play the clip, and then you. I want you to comment on it. Okay, this is, uh, do we have to set it up about uh, the crash? No, this is apparently, this is on, uh, this is on our national public uh, well, broadcast. For our European listeners, you have to explain who Ted Stevens is. It's important. Yeah, but, and this was on the, the news hour, PBS. Uh, Ted Stevens was a... Um, Senator, a very powerful senator from Alaska, who uh, was just who, who was killed in an airplane crash mysteriously, and uh, this just adds to the mystery. Of this report been forty six. The National Transportation Safety Board has found no definitive cause for the plane crash that killed former Senator Ted Stevens of Alaska and four others last year. The report today said the pilot was temporarily unresponsive before the small plane went down near Dillingham, Alaska. It also said a warning system, which could have told him he was approaching a mountain, had been inhibited. There were no indications of mechanical problems, and toxicology reports ruled out drugs, though the pilot and his family had a history of strokes. It was impossible to know more because there was no flight data or cockpit voice recorder on board. Now, there were, there's a couple other things we, we've got to mention. I mean, not just a powerful senator, um, but he was um, not necessarily operating in the, uh, to the advantage of the New World Order and the oil cabal. Um, when uh, when his plane mysteriously went down, yeah, and he was going to vote against something coming up. We had a, we talked about this to an ex, to an extreme when it happened, with the information that I never heard from anyone else, and it was all it's all documented. I mean, we, we we dig up stuff that, but it was just obscure, and nobody the mainstream media didn't pick up on any of it. But so we think he was killed. Whatever the case is, what do you think about this inhibited? Well, I, instrument, well, I'm not, well so what does that I, mean? The instrument was inhibited. Well, so I read through the NTSB report, of course, as an aviator, I'm uh, always very interested and uh, inhibited. What is the exact definition of inhibited? Uh, it can be me that, that it, it can mean that it was obstructed, didn't, you know, it doesn't mean that it was sabotaged and, that, and, and it was daylight. It had been Here, turned off. Yeah, it could but have been. If yeah. it was turned off, they would have said that. 
But you don't for the type of aircraft that were flying and the, the terrain and there, and it wasn't like a huge high mountain. I remember, you know, I, I remember looking at it all was the these side reports. of a hill. Yeah. Um, but here's what the report states, which is not in that audio clip we just played. Smith, as the pilot, was aggressively turning left and trying to climb when the plane hit the ground, which suggested that he was desperately trying to avoid a collision. And that doesn't mean necessarily a collision with the ground. It could have been uh, a surface-to-air missile, for all I care. Um, the weather was fine. It was typical for uh, Alaska. I mean, it's these people died from uh, lack of speed. That's what happened. That's what we say. You know, they died from lack of speed when they hit the side of the mountain. And um, I'm sorry, I'm not buying the stroke or any of that stuff. Uh, he was an expert, expert pilot with, uh, you know, like 20,000 20, plus hours. Um, I'm, pr- and I'm pretty sure that this, and by the way, it didn't like really slam in nose first or anything like that. This was a hit. And, I, and, uh, and it's being covered up at best. Don't well, have. I don't think they need to do much to cover it up. They, there's there's everything scant information. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, it was just it was. Well, this is the same. This is the same. So they recovered the uh, the voice record the the cockpit data recorder from uh, that Airbus uh, plane that went down over the uh, over the ocean. The one coming out of Brazil. Yes, and the reporting. I mean, and so now they don't typically release these reports on on they release reports on small aircraft uh, incidents, but like you know nine eleven, they still haven't really released a, a full report. It's all kinds of stuff that's always missing. But the report and the way the media presented it is that the plane, which was at like forty thousand feet, forty thousand feet, went down so quickly that the air masks didn't even have time to deploy. Excuse me, bull crap. That is it's like the, that is such a lie. Forty thousand feet. You know how high up that is. How long it takes to get to the bottom? Yeah, at the speed of gravity, they'd have to. I mean, even if you were turned down and accelerating, it would take a while. But, well, forty thousand feet the, was how many miles? I mean, the air, the air mass deploy in like ten seconds. So they make it sound like, you know, this... And by the way, it was pilot error, of course. Nothing was wrong with the aircraft. Well, anything on an Airbus is always pilot error. Yeah, it's pilot error. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why uh, we love that fly-by-wire stuff so much. Uh, you can't trust any reporting, in general, but certainly not on on uh, aviation. aviation-related matters. No, nah, it's... Uh, Talking about fly-by-wire, so they're landing the 380 here in San Francisco now. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to try to get a, on board one and check it out. The uh, yeah, yeah, why don't you just walk on the tarmac and try and get on board? See how that works out lib- for you. They're going to have both. Right now, Lufthansa is coming in twice a day, and then I guess Air France is going to start coming in with this thing because you know that international terminal has one of the few places where they actually have they set it up for for ridiculous size uh, planes of the future. Yeah, for uh, so that they can handle the baggage. Yeah, the baggage, and and apparently you need four doors to get all the people out of it. So, you know, you need a big double-decker. I mean, there's doors. There's two doors. There's doors on the top and doors on the bottom. So uh, it's pretty funny. A big-ass plane, man. That's a big plane. They can carry up to 900 people. It was designed to carry up to 900, but they're carrying around 450. So, which is typical. If you remember when the 747s first came out, I, I never flew on John, those. John, that was 1970. No, not really. 
Well, if you remember that era, well, you don't, but I do. <laughs> no, I was in you, first grade. If you remember that they had all, and you might remember this part, though. They always showed the 747 with a lounge and a piano bar. Yeah, yeah and a pool. <laughs> Everything but a pool. That was the but upper a deck. piano bar. You could yeah. go up and you could you could have a drink with the stewardesses, and you right. know somebody could play yeah. as a tune. You could hang out and pinch their butt and stuff. Yeah, no, I remember that. And you saw that spiral staircase, and you're like, oh man, that's where all the good stuff is up there. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, yeah. yeah. Now it's they're just jammed, yeah. jammed with it's all business class well, seats. Vir- up Virgin, the- Virgin tried to bring some of that back. Virgin Atlantic, they had, yeah, it was kind of like a process type deal with the bar and then they get like a massage and it was just kind of lame. Do you remember MGM Grand Air? Oh, yeah. Between I always wanted to fly it. I've flown it several times. It was between. Oh, now I'm jealous. Yeah, it was between New York and Los Angeles exclusively. Right. It was, and it was all first class. The whole plane was one big first class. Even though it was a kind of, it was a, it was, was not a really a great plane. No, no, it was was like like a 727. It was not, not a huge plane, but yeah. And it was like, I think maybe 30 passengers, 40 passengers. Yeah, something like that. And half of the plane was a bar, and then they had state rooms like in a train. Where you sat three on each side, and then uh, the table would lower down. It would become one huge bed, so you could reserve that uh, in advance. And and everyone in Hollywood, if you're going between New York and L.A., you were on MGM Grand. It was like nothing but a star-studded celebrity fest. And I think it only flew from LaGuardia. And I, I remember flying it once. And uh, and I always like wanted the stateroom because if I was lucky, then and no one else was there, I could just m- turn it into the bed, and I could just it's like a two person bed. And again, and, and by the way, it wasn't that much more expensive. It was probably about equal to a, a first class ticket, which MTV paid for, of course, back in the day. And I remember I got stuck in a stateroom with Sean Penn, his brother, you know, the one that that's dead now, and his mom for six hours. And it was like right after the Madonna breakup, and his uh, his brother Christopher, I think it was Christopher Penn. He yeah, was he yeah. was like drinking beer, had, taking his shirt off. He's like sitting there with a big sweaty fat guy with no shirt on, drinking beer. I'm like, well, this is kind of ruining my experience. <laughs> I would think. <laughs> and he, uh, and and of course, he knew who I was. I was that guy from VH1, is what he said. So I felt extra special. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, dude. And then I said, yeah, so what was it like with Madonna? He says, hell hath no fury, my friend. Anyway. That, that was, was it? That was it. Yeah. And that, that, <laughs> that was, was the insight? And, yeah. And that was like nothing else to say for the rest of the, the rest of the trip. It was horrible. It was one of the worst. It, it harshed my mellow. Anyway, um, Gene Simmons uh, weighed in uh, regarding uh, President Obama's call for Israel to return to the 1967 borders. Which is actually the 1947 borders. I think they should get that straight. Explain. Well, the 67 borders were formed in were formed in 47 when they first created the state of Israel, and then uh, in 67 there was a revolution or there was a war because you could you could just bomb the crap out of Israel from the Golan Heights. You could just right. you could actually be up there and look down and say, "Let me just start shooting." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. And so the Israelis figured, well, you know, we better get this part. You know, so they they beat the uh, Arabs in the war. They actually asked the Palestinians to. Which one of the reasons is the point of contention here is they they told all the Palestinians, all the Arabs told them to get out of the country, just abandon the place because we're going to kill all the Jews. 
and and they, and so all the Palestinians left, and that was part of the issue here. And so uh, the Jews turned the tables on them and rousted them and beat them in this six day in this short war, and then a uh, took these changed the borders in 1967 to what they became. So, so do the six does the 67 border uh, does that include the Golan Heights? No, the 67. It was the Golan Heights. Yeah, the, the new border. Post sixty seven includes the Golan Heights. Pre sixty seven, it doesn't. And but when they say sixty seven borders, these are really nineteen forty seven borders, and it's kind of a misnomer. It sounds as though well, it's only forty years ago or so. Well, okay, 40. so in sixty seven is when they actually took the, uh, the Golan Heights in addition to the forty seven border. Right. Well. And I can be corrected on any of the details yeah, because I don't have the thing in front of me. But believe me, it, the 67 thing is, is a red herring. So uh, Gene Simmons uh, takes a bite of the red herring. What do you think of President Obama's suggestion that the uh, borders be uh, redrawn po- pre President Obama and I voted for uh, an idea. What I didn't realize what I was getting was an idealist. If you've never been to the moon, you can't issue policy about the moon. You have no <laughs> idea what it's like on the moon. For a president to be sitting in Washington, D.C. and saying, go back to your 67 borders in Israel, how about you live there and try to defend an indefensible border, nine miles wide? On one side, you've got hundreds of millions of people who hate your guts. On the other side, you've got the Mediterranean. Unless you control, in Israel, unless you control those Golan Heights, it's an indefensible position. It's a nice idea. When you grow up, you you find out that life isn't the way you imagined it. (laughs) And President Obama means well. I think he's actually a good guy. He has no idea what the world is like because he doesn't have to live there. That's why President Netanyahu, whose brother led the Entebbe raid and died crossing inter-country inter, uh, lines, breaking international law, landed in uh, Idi Amin's territory, killed the local policemen, and freed those Europeans who were abducted by Idi Amin and crossed back to Israel. The UN condemned it. You broke air sprays. You bu- what would have happened if you go to the UN, most pathetic body on the face of the planet? <laughs> by the way, America invented UN. Let me just a couple of things here. <laughs> so, uh, many well, things. What, what is he running for office, this guy? Well, uh, he's extremely Jewish, uh, like Israeli Jewish. Our yeah, friend, and there uh, is Gene. a difference, by the way. Yeah, of course there is. Yeah. Uh, and so our friend Gene here, um, so a couple things. One is uh, I keep reading this meme about Bibi Netanyahu's brother. You know, he was killed. He was killed. He was killed. So this is being rolled out as a talking point. Um, and then, you know, this this whole Entebbe thing, which I think he I I believe he's not entirely correct. The Entebbe thing, weren't they picking people off of the U.S. embassy? And not your. You know, I remember that period. I don't have, don't remember the details anymore. But I I think what we're what you witnessed there with this was a preemptive uh, anti UN rant because it's believed by some. Well, the U, the UN is uh, and this is what remember we had the uh, Susan Rice clip uh, and the everyone all the Congress and uh, congressmen and senators are pissed off at the UN because they're. You know, they they actually allow like any Arab state to be in the U.N. They're all angry about it. Everyone's angry about uh, a U.N. stance against Israel. Well, apparently the U.N. is going to I think it's in June 
Uh, they're gonna, it's coming up for a vote. They're going to give, the UN just unilaterally is going to give the Palestinians that area. Yeah, because the UN runs everything now, I guess. Well, they don't run anything. That's the well, joke they, of it. Well, but. they, they run us uh, to bombing Libya. Yeah, right. Well, let's just have Gene finish up. He has, he's, he's always entertaining to listen to. And I, I've met him many times. I, t- I got to tell you my Gene Simmons story. Hold on. First, let's listen to this. After the League of Nations was a disaster, this is a paper tiger. We allowed dictators to get up there and spread propaganda from Hugo Chavez to Gaddafi. It's garbage. Garbage. And then when they want more money, they put their hand. I love the, the hate. The hate that, that, the, that the Arabs and Jews have for each other. It's just it's unbelievable that people can hate each other so much. Garbage. Garbage infested, I tell you. Garbage. <laughs> it's like poop garbage. Out to America. You all agree with every word I say. You know it. The biggest pacifist who's against the death penalty will immediately want to kill somebody who's got a gun to his mother. You walk in a room, you happen to come back from hunting or whatever, and there's somebody there. You don't want to find out why that person is deranged. Or- <laughs> Great analogy, isn't it? But he's- How does he jump to hunting? Well, he winds it up in, in a way only Gene Simmons can. If he's on crack, you want to kill him. <laughs> you know, want to let's settle down. Yeah. Let's talk about it. You should have a trial by jury. You and the courts you wrote in. You're going to die, pal. Death on the spot. It's justice. I like that. You break into my house it's with a gun, of, I will kill it's you. It's sort of Sharia law. Now, what is this? It's sort of Sharia law. What? Who is this dingbat? She's from like Business Insider or something. And she's a total idiot. She's cute and she's blonde and everything. Well, she should go to Russia today. Well, she'd be perfect for them. So what's Gene Simmons come back to? It's Sharia Sharia law. Give me it. She just like, I guess she didn't have her earpiece in or something. She had, obviously, she just came to mind. Yeah, it's like uh, Sharia law. It's not. Women should be in charge. Like the insect kingdom. You're much brighter than we are. You should have thousands of babies and be in charge. You have my vote, except for the thousands of babies part. You, well, yeah, I don't least, need to have thousands. Least, I, I had two. At least practice thousands of times. <laughs> She's trying to bone her. That guy's That's terrible. That guy has no shame. It just deteriorates. It goes from like some sort of thoughtful analysis to kill the guy in your house to shooting to Sharia law to, to let's go to bed. I'm out hunting and let me nail you. Unbelievable! <laughs> it's fantastic. Why, uh, why do you? Why do we? Why is this stuff on the air? I, I don't know. It's Jeez. just. It's just funny though. It's. Uh, I like it. I, I. I can't help myself but like him. So, uh, but then you know, it, the, the whole thing. Obama's getting uh, a U2 reception in uh, in Ireland. Yes, we can, Dublin. Yes, we can. Hello, everybody. That's good. Hello, everybody. No, the yes, we can. I yes, you, we can. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we can. Don't I think anyone, what it is you don't do, anyone ever let you, them tell you that you can't be what you want to be. Oh, there you go. Because yes, we can. Yes, we can, Ireland. Anyway. And then B.B. Netanyahu comes over and... Uh, I've never seen this. I mean, everyone gets together in Congress and Senate, and he's like, I represent the small people. And uh, everyone stands up and applies. He got 26 standing ovations. 
For what? I know. I was just like, what? And then there was a bunch of analysis afterwards. But what a great speaker he is because he doesn't go, uh, uh, like Obama does all the time. Who cares? It was just weird. And and I, what don't I don't invite un- him back. No, I, I agree. And so the only thing I don't understand is I've heard for the past year, everybody say, Israel back to the 1967 borders. Israel back to the 1967. Everyone in Congress, everyone in the Senate, the president, everyone says it. B.B. Netanyahu comes in and says, I ain't going back to the 1967 borders. Oh, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, he's so great. I don't get it. Did I miss something? Didn't did I hear it wrong? All these all these this past year, John? I, I, I'm this whole this whole theater that we watch with this guy showing up and then Obama making this dumb comment about 1967 and then the follow up and all the debate. It seems like a distraction of the week to me. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Before we start with uh, thanking some people for helping out the show, uh, I'd like to remind those of you who are new or are just puzzled that you've gotten so far in this podcast and are going, what is this? How does this work? We do not take advertising. We do not take any money from commercial entities because you can only imagine that we would not be able to talk about certain stories. And of course, this is a lot of work. It's pretty much, it's certainly my main job. John, yours? I don't work. I don't do anything. <laughs> it's so, John has to live by himself. His family won't even live with him anymore. No, they've they've, <laughs> they've escaped. They up send north. me. They send me a care package once in a while. It's just like stay. A, go back to work. Go back to work. <laughs> it's just like Gaddafi's what are family. What you doing here? Go back to work. Gaddafi's family left him too. And by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. as an aside, I have a clip. That uh, this is why, you know, we don't, since the show is a low budget show, even though we, we get donations that support it, but they pay bills. And, and I, I, I have an, a, a clip called Why Use Pro Gear? So I've got, I don't have pro gear for recording a lot of stuff, you know, because it's just, just too expensive. And I, there's about five or six clips that sound like this because of, I don't know why. <laughs> what is this? Is this something you recorded? Yeah. Excellent job. <laughs> okay, we need some support so John can get some gear. What is this? Now, here's one what, of the things. What is this? This was part of a couple of clips I had which were supposed to lead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this was going to lead into a great little... I had two clips. I had one from the O'Reilly show where he discussed the fact that Orbit's uh, apparently, Media Matters, which is a Soros group, has been attacking Fox News as much as they can, and they've they've started this thing to force Orbitz, the travel agency, and some other advertisers to not advertise on Fox anymore. They're jacking ah. Fox advertisers. Ah, well, this- and, and as they went, and apparently Orbitz told them to shove it. But meanwhile, I have another clip from Gay USA, where the wait, guys wait, that- wait, what is this? Is this a channel? Gay USA is a weekly news show on ah. free speech TV. Uh, is it? A, can, do they have an RSS feed? I don't think. I they need even to follow what RSS. Gay, is gay, gay, what, that is? A, I only I, look, as, I only as a bi curious male, I resent I that comment. That, so with the day they out you, <laughs> yeah. is that they they spend most of their time outing people. I find it quite amusing. So uh, 
it's very good if you want to be entertained. It's, it, but it's, it's very, but it's also very boring and it's long and there's too much. They they dwell on things, but they 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 brought this orbits thing up, and the show comes out and says, and they they say orbits is a gay friendly travel agency that they should all the gay community should be attacking them for advertising with Fox. Wow, what kind of BS? Orbits does like ninety percent of all of all travel booking online. How can that be? Are we all gay? Well, they the gays think they they're a gay travel agency. <sighs> Whatever the case is, they were completely pushing this idea, which I thought was abhorrent to be attacking advertisers like that. And then I said, now here's the two clips that'll be great lead-ins to our solicitation. And, but then the clips sound like as you've played. Oh, like it sounded like the why use pro gear clip. Oh, that sucks. So anyway, so I don't have the the backup clips to to back up my thesis, which is that if it wasn't for the listeners out there, they're the third party in this. It's myself, Adam, and you that keep the show going, and that's why we need your support, and that's why we do these little segments, which are still shorter than you would be getting on just one advertising break. So. so uh, before, because you're about to you're about to segue in, uh, I do have a Soros connected. Uh, bridge here to our support npr's ombudsman what is an ombudsman an ombudsman is uh, some corporations and news organizations other people have me it's the it's the middleman who's not really responsible for anything and he can tell he you can tell him your troubles and he'll go up <laughs> and do the, nothing the, <laughs> and do nothing exactly so uh, npr national treasure npr's ombudsman is a woman ombudswoman alicia shepherd writes here she has a a, there's a deep current of concern running through the npr newsroom about taking money 1.8 million dollars from soros as she says someone with a well-known documented political agenda supporting democrats and democratic causes so this is another part of the problem is that you know they take this money from big political uh donors and we just take it from people who just want to be deduced. I mean, we, you know, exactly. it's like that's a huge difference there. Now, DuPont, this is interesting. This is <laughs> really should give us some money. We'll deduce him. Yeah, well, <laughs> briefly. <laughs> DuPont, so this is from Adweek. This is very interesting. DuPont has traded in television spots for editorial content and advertorials. Ad, yes, in a bid to become a thought leader around uh, global concerns like fuel, protection, and food, which, of course, they make all of those. Along the way... The fuel, comp- protection, and food? Yes. Huh. Along I'm the way... follow up on this. The company seat... I'll send you the link. It's in the show notes. Uh, it'll be 307.nashownotes.com. Along the way, the company ceded an unusual amount of control, even for the Internet age. For example, the editorial piece Horizons, a TV series documenting how business, government leaders, and organizations are tackling macro problems related to population growth, was produced entirely by BBC World News. So the BBC World News is now producing advertorials for DuPont. Wow. So do you think they're not going to come out and say, hey, by the way, DuPont sucks. DuPont is killing people. And and like all big corporations, there's plenty of evidence of that. Do you think they're going to do that now? No, they're compromised. BBC World News. Anyway, so all of this gives reason um, for us not to take any advertising money 
uh, and to basically just do this show. And your support is what keeps it running. Right, and except for the high-end support we got this week, we didn't do very well. We couldn't. I know, we, I know. It it's, a, we've only got six people to mention here on this on the break, which is one of the reasons I had this extra material to promote the idea that people should be helping us more. But Thomas Nussbaum, Sir Thomas, uh, from Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, for uh, Nicole's Damehood, it's number five. John accidentally de-douched me. Oh no, I don't remember. That, I don't. Remember but he that. wants to be douchebagged. What? He says his normal state for karma. He wants karma for Nicole's graduation, but he needs his normal state is being a douchebag, so douche him. All right, well, bend over. Douchebag. Mm, how'd that feel? And now some karma for Nicole. Okay, of course. Not a problem. You've got karma. I, I, I don't understand this mechanism. We didn't even invent it. It was the <laughs> listeners who came up with all this stuff, and we just follow our or, follow we just orders. Follow They're orders. the bosses. We haben es nicht gewusst. We're only doing what we are ordered to do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, that's $111.11. Andrew Crocher in Eastley, Hampshire, UK, $82.10. Or maybe a note from him. I don't have it. He's a new donor. Michael Klink in Oak Park, Illinois, $53.33. In the morning, John and Adam sending you some of my slave earnings in exchange for a birthday shout out. Turning 44 on May 27th. If you could play the Gitmo Nation National Anthem and forego the karma. Oh. Thanks for keeping me sane and, sane and entertained. We'll do that in a minute. On my daily commute, Michael Klink, sorry, no relation to the wacky German Colonel. <laughs> P.S. I've been waiting for my check from Obama. His election campaign was based on change, so I figured I'd be getting 87 seven cents or so ha huh. do we uh, uh so how do we do that do we want to play the national anthem we haven't played i think it we should do the birthday call outs in the in the knighthood and then play the national anthem okay. after all that all right, we'll be good. Done. good 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 uh arthur kessler in acme alberta canada and kendra robertson another new donor from burlington iowa and peter totes in sugarland texas all 50 dollars each we want to thank them and everybody else who donated for this week's show okay um, uh, something came in late, uh, so I'm not sure if it uh, probably wasn't on the spreadsheet, but uh, Sir Clancy, you know, whenever uh, one of our knights sends an email, I mean, it's okay to, to mention him. So far uh, in the morning, Adam John, so far I've raised more than 1,500 pounds for Doctors Without Borders in my No Agenda-thon. Remember, this is a guy who was uh, running uh, the marathon or marathons. And, right. uh, and of course, 10% uh, of the amount that he raises for Doctors Without Borders, he is matching himself uh, to donate to the show. As a reminder, I'm uh, running the Stockholm Marathon this Saturday. Please remind the other producers they can donate at noagendathon.com. That's not thong. It's noagendathon, by the way. That's a good one. Noagendathong. Mm. Thong? Yeah. <laughs> noagendathong.com. I like it. Noagendathon.com, where my company will match their donation to Doctors Without Borders at uh, 100%. I match 10% to... So, oh yeah, so his company matches the money to doc, Doctors Without Borders, who John and I both support, think it's a good organization. Yeah. Uh, his company matches at 100%, and uh, Sir Clancy matches at 10% to the show. Uh, could I uh, get a, just a little little spurt of karma to get me through these 26.2 miles? Not a problem, Sir Clancy. You've got... Karma. So we, uh, of course, will be daming uh, Murasaki Eight, uh, who is a fresh dame here on the show. 
Uh, but Murasaki 8 uh, wants us to congratulate Lonnie with Lonnie's birthday on Friday, which will be the 27th of May. And as we just heard, Michael Klink turns 44 tomorrow, Friday. Congratulations from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And, uh, well, that's nice that we at least had a couple people uh, come in with some, some bigger, uh, bigger donations. I think times are very tough for everybody. So that's why uh, we appreciate so much. John, do you have your blade with you? Did you come oh, Hold prepared? on, I got to get out of the drawer. You got to be <laughs> stuck in the doorway. Morsaki 8, Mark Butterford. And Miss Shalomi, please step forward. All three of you have reached the giving level in support of the No Agenda podcast show for at uh, at least $1,000. Therefore, I can proudly pronounce thee, Dame Murasaki 8, Sir Michael Klink, I'm sorry, Sir Mark Bedford, Bodiford, and Dame Shalomi, Knights and Dames of the No Agenda Roundtable. I, that may have sounded a little bit confusing, but don't worry, the right people will get the rings in the beautiful... Do you realize that Sir Mark is the only member of a sandwich knighthood... Uh, Yes, that's right. He's he's. It's a dame sandwich. Uh-huh. Huh? Hey, I think uh, you know, that's, he needs a special consideration. Uh, <laughs> 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 what, what do you mean he need he needs to be sharing some of that special consideration? That's what I'd be thinking. Oh, that's nice. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Dame Murasaki eight, Sir Mark Bodiford. And Dame Shalomi, thank you all very much. Uh, your rings will be forthcoming in their handsome velour boxes with your uh, certification. Elizabeth Warren, we know who she is? Yeah. Well, Mr. Smarty Pants, who's Elizabeth Warren then? I've heard of her. Okay. Elizabeth- the name rings a bell. I, as soon as you tell me who it is, I'll, if I could Google it. But whoever, <laughs> I, Elizabeth Warren's name is right at the, is right there she, on the top of the brain. She's the one, she's the con- controversial choice for the Consumer Protection, Protection Agency. She is the woman who is supposed to protect us, human resources, and slave of the Gitmo Nation states. Wait a minute, I'm going too fast. We can't do this, John. We've got to put the brakes on. We've forgotten some very important things. The first like one mentioning how people can donate to Dvorak.org slash N A. Yes. Yeah, you know, we keep forgetting to do that. I mean, how stupid are we? Yeah, they should be, people should help us out by going to noagendashow.com or, no, or Dvorak.org slash N A and uh, hitting the donation page, which I need to update, by the way. You said go there just week. go there as soon as you can because I'll have a new updated page by the end of today. Yeah, now you said that last week, but you'll do it. I know, you know, I forgot it. all about it. It's weird. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, went down the wrong tube. So, um, <coughs> frothy mix. So, uh, besides uh, this, five hours of content almost you get <coughs> every single week. We have uh, the show notes with all the research. A uh, ton of uh, ton of great stuff there at nashownotes.com. Noagendashownotes.com also forwarding uh, to that. And uh, I, I think we do quite a bit. You can also get all the sound clips now. We also yeah, make those Yeah, the sound clips available. are all available to everybody. You know, and another you, thing you I should mention. You could do mention, your own I, show. It's like the, the No Agenda I've thought Home about kit. this. You know, something else that's interesting is that when we do this break for the donations, it's actually in and of itself entertaining. <laughs> we try. <laughs> all right. Let me just do this one Devorek. more time. 
slash N-A. And then by request, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. You may sing along if you know the words. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and service in all lands and all ships and sea. From the east to west, down under to the lowlands and beyond. We are happy and distracted slaves in our Gitmo Nation song. All right. That's a good segue because it gave me the opportunity to do a backgrounder on Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Tell us who Elizabeth Warren is. Well, she's a woman that apparently has been around. She's like a, 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 a policy wonk that's been around the uh, White House. She was, uh, she's going to be considered for the uh, Supreme Court. She is a, uh, let me just give you a little background. You just get all, you, all you need to know is this part. Elizabeth Warren was born Elizabeth Herring and raised in Oklahoma where she was state, deb- champ- state champion debater at mm. age 16. Oh. Do you imagine dating this woman? <laughs> Wait until you hear my clip. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's all we need to know. She is being uh, confirmed now uh, in, in uh, the Senate for this position, this controversial position of the, uh, she will be leading the Consumer Protection Agency, which is supposed to protect us from uh, the banks raping us. Yeah, it's not going to protect us from anything. Well, certainly not with her on board. She is the most elite, she needs, she's probably like in the Hillary Lucifer Clinton drinking club. So she's uh, in, this is a relatively short clip, she's in uh, her one of these hearings where the, you know they get to ask questions and by the way there's shills on the senatorial side as well and uh, i guess that uh, she thought that uh, she only had to sit there until 2:15 because she had another meeting now i remind this is a confirmation hearing and she's being questioned about her validity. So wait, it's a confirmation hearing. She's looking at her watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Listen to this. You are causing problems. Uh we had an agreement for a later hearing. Your staff asked us to move around so that right. we had to change everything on my schedule to try to accommodate. And I certainly appreciate that, but, but the original the hearing was, was 2 o'clock. I would be out of here at 2.15 because there are other things now scheduled at 2.30. Now, now pay attention. So she's here, so I have to be out of here. But then she goes into the royal we, which is just, what? That was a request, but... We moved the hearing so that you could actually get the questions in. Congressman, you told us one thing. I did not tell you anything. We have no one here to ask questions, Mr. Chairman. We have no one here to ask questions. I have other obligations I committed to based on the representations of your staff. And our effort to try to accommodate you and rearrange our schedule to accommodate you. Look, Ms. Warren, it was a simple request. Your staff had a request. My staff said we're trying to accommodate you. We're going to get you out of here in 10 minutes. No, if Congressman, you just... we had an agreement. You had no agreement. We had an agreement for the time this hearing would You're occur. making this you up, Ms. Warren. It. Oh, You're simply, this is not the case. This is not the case. It's too bad you can't see her face. She's like, oh, no, you didn't just call me a liar. Oh, no, you didn't. 
And then this other guy, he's like, who does she think she is? Well, this is the problem with the executive branch. And this, and the, the, one of the debating things that I, I picked up on it, that's on one of those scr- scratchy cuts because I have equipment that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Was that was the some of the debates going on uh, where the House of Representatives, you know, was part of this new war amendment act. Thing. Oh, yeah. We got it. You know, where got. the Congress is giving <laughs> up. Powers wait, 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 to the presidency. Don't, don't go there yet because I have those clips too. Jeez, they give it. They say, "Here, take it. We wait, don't want to no, do wait, anything." No, be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. You're blowing all my clips. Go. <laughs> Just listen to the end of this Warren thing. I, Mr. Uh, Chairman, you you just did something that I, I I'm trying to be. Cordial here, but you just accused the. She's lady accusing of, of me lying. of making an agreement that I never. I think made. you need to split this up with your staff. And I have. And they have moved this thing around fifty million times. Fifty million. And she's got to go to another hearing. Congressman, not not to another hearing, to another meeting. To another meeting. Congressman, <laughs> a meeting. I would be glad to answer questions for the record. Uh, blah blah blah. I you know. Who I, was the shill who came in and defended her? Oh, Clancy, some douche. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Now I have other important things. I to have do. a meeting. I've got to go to the meeting. You got to go to a meeting. No, oh, we, we, we have to go to a meeting. You told us that we had to go to a meeting. I'm meeting with us. Are meeting with Kathy and uh, Hillary. I I got a beautiful clip here. What an arrogant, horrible person. <laughs> it's okay. She's here to protect your interests. Yeah, sure. I have a clip here. This is a beauty sent in by one of our producers. It's another law professor from Harvard Law School. Does Obama do anything but bring in people from Chicago oh, and on, Harvard Law? I just threw a shoe at her. Is there anybody from Washington State or Nevada or maybe Oklahoma they could bring into this administration? Is everyone's from Chicago or Harvard Law? Yeah, well, including Christine Lagarde. Chicagoan. She's a, a Chicagoan, too. This woman is a professor at yeah. Harvard Law yeah, School that has lots of meetings. <laughs> yeah, she, us have meetings that are really important to we. So um, here the gaffe. This is the funny. I, I think you'll deem this clip of the week, and I did not catch it. One of our Gitmo Nation East producers caught it. This is David Cameron uh, doing a press conference with uh, President O apostrophe Obama. And listen to the gaffe. As well as the economy, the president and I had some very good discussions on security. Now, Americans and Brits do not need to explain terrorism to one another. Both our people have suffered at, our ha- at its hands, <laughs> and indeed they have died together. <laughs> it's suffered at our well, hands. Oh, suffered uh, at our hands. <laughs> Oops. At all, I mean, uh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, there's not enough lithium in my water. You just can't keep it out of the brain. The brain does it reveals all. Okay, so now there's a couple of things going on today that is extremely interesting in uh, in the Senate. So the extension of, and I'll just sum it up, and then we'll see if we need to play any of these clips. But I do have some questions for you, John. So the Patriot Act which includes uh, warrantless wiretapping, warrantless going into uh, into people's homes, killing Americans when the president thinks it's okay. It's just part of what's going on right now. But this is the Patriot Act part. Uh, so this really only started as a discussion about a week ago. Of course, they've had like 10 years to discuss this. Harry Reid. Oh, yeah. Harry Reid. I saw this. This is one of the clips that I blew. So here's Harry Reid, and he pulls a move 
Because what he doesn't want is he doesn't. Now, Rand Paul, uh, Ron Paul's son, is blocking this. And, right. and and but now we're into like political. He decides to do a character assassination on Rand Paul. I've got that too. But this is the first one. This was two days ago, where mm. Harry Reid invokes cloture. And now, do you want to explain cloture? Well, let me play the clip and a little bit of this clip, and then I want you to get into cloture. A quorum call. Yes. I would ask consent that that be vitiated. So he says, "Is there a can I have a quorum call?" And he wants it noted because it's very important for the legal move he's pulling here. Without objection. Mr. President, we've been working for, and I've been working on it for a lot longer than several days, but several days publicly on process to move forward with the Patriot Act. What a douchebag. Just the way he sounds, I just want to kick him in the teeth. We have... <coughs> Worked over the last. Worked over at the bar several days (laughs) to work something out that is, I think, an excellent compromise. Is this bill something that everybody in the Senate likes or everybody in the House likes? The answer is no. See, I don't get that. He keeps saying this. Is that my phone or your phone? Not mine. Oh, hold on a second. Why is. uh... It doesn't even sound like a phone. It sounds like some high-pitched squeal. Yeah, it's nasty. So what is the deal with saying, is this perfect? Uh, so it no. goes like this. So look, look, we, we got this thing. We got to get it passed. It's not perfect. Yeah, but I hate that. I want it to be perfect. I, why can't we demand something? Nothing's perfect. But we all know how important it is. Oh, really? Terror. we continue this legislation. So, Senator... McConnell and I and Speaker Boehner have agreed on a way to move forward on this. The alternative is to have a long, long-term extension of this that the House would send us. Long, and I long think that term. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be to anyone's benefit. So we're moving forward on this. I've tried to do it with the bill that we invoked cloture on yesterday. I've had many conversations with Senator Paul and others, but principally him, and tried to come up with a process to allow Senator Paul to offer amendments and others to offer amendments. It's not just him. Now, this is where it gets interesting, and I'm sorry it's taking a little long, but these clips are very important, because we know what he said last night, which I have a clip, but but listen to how he's like so complimentary, because I'm so sorry. You know, I I really like uh, Senator Paul. He's such a good guy, but, you know, I have to get this passed. We need protection. I've been unsuccessful. Now, I understand Senator Paul's exasperation because this is something that is extremely important to him and there was every desire from my perspective and I think this body to have a full uh, complete debate on the Patriot Act but the Senate doesn't always work that way and there have been a lot of things that have gotten in the way of this and the time is suddenly upon us we have to complete this legislation by midnight on Thursday. We cannot let this expire. Why not? We cannot let the Patriot Act expire. Why not? I have a responsibility to try to get this bill done as soon as possible, in spite of the fact that some of my senators and some Republican senators 
would rather I did it some other way at some other time. So, you know, the guy goes on and he's, yeah, bo- he's, yeah, he's boring man, me to he's tears. Terrible. He's boring me to tears. He's a he's, terrible, boring he's a, guy. He's not a, be not only that, he's a horrible man because he's just saying, you know, we have to get this passed. And and all, if you really want to listen to what he's saying, it's linked in the show notes. But it's a half an hour of him saying, well, you know, we found all of this evidence at bin Laden's compound. Yeah, so no, the second clip is actually more interesting because he mentions that as though the Patriot Act had something to do with it. The reason is that he's fighting for an amendment to protect the right, not of average citizens, but of terrorists, to cover up their gun purchases. Do you hear that? This is what he's saying about Rand Paul. This is the second day. This is the one he just did yesterday, right? Yeah, he says he, that Rand Paul is frustrating the extension of the uh, Patriot Act. He wants Act. an amendment to the Patriot Act that will protect, protect people who buy guns. Not just people. Not just people, terrorists. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say people? Yeah, no, terrorists. He actually. Oh, yeah, no. Anything you want to do nowadays is to protect terrorists. Yeah. That's right. So it's terrorists. Here we go, terrorists. The reason is that he's fighting for an amendment to protect the right, not of average citizens, but of terrorists, to cover up their gun purchases. Unbelievable. That's just unbelievable that the he blatant lie. He would say that, and Rand Paul comes back. I rise in response to a scurrilous accusation. Word of the day, ladies and gentlemen: scurrilous, scurrilous accusation. I've been accused of wanting to allow terrorists to have weapons to attack America. To be attacked of such a belief when I'm here to discuss and debate the constitutionality of the Patriot Act is offensive. I find it personally insulting. And I think it demeans the body. It demeans the Senate body and the people that we can't have an intelligent debate over the constitutionality of this. I totally agree. And for some reason, I'm not a fan of Rand Paul. I I love his dad. Rand Paul seems icky. I don't know what it is. I I can't base it on anything. He's uh, creepy looking. <laughs> That's, and and by the way, we just go by looks on this show. If you don't, if you look creepy, you're out. <laughs> you know, there's some there's some there's some truth to that. <laughs> so in the meantime, is it uh, Senator Udall or is it uh, Congressman Udall? I don't know. Let me uh, look. I got it here. I got Senator. If he was in that in that room. In the, uh, that well, no, house. no, because they're doing cloture, which means I mean, it's well, a, it's a process that means there's going to be no debate. He's a senator from Colorado. Yeah, he says there's a or no a senator from New Mexico. It's either Mark Udall or you know <laughs> Tom Udall. I don't know. Pete. There's a bunch of them around. Tom, uh, right. so, Mark Udall, he's the one who wanted the Patriot Act. They're senators. Yeah, he cloture said, is to shut. In a nutshell, cloture is can only be done when you have uh, when nobody has a six to a super majority. If there's a super majority, then you you know you can do whatever you want. This the majority can, but if there's not, you can you, you can call for cloture and you can vote on it. Just a majority vote saying, look, you can you can uh, shut up, slave. That's what it is. Just shut up is what it is, right? Yeah, shut up. We got to get take the vote. They actually sit you know, down. Do you know how long they debated each of these issues in the Patriot Act? Ten minutes total. Ten minutes. Five minutes for each side. This, this the, the most important <laughs> uh, changes to uh, our our freedoms. It's ten minutes, and then so well, the way I understand that is, um, Sammy Reed there. He uh, he slipped these extensions into another bill 
which is because I kept seeing on C-SPAN, to follow this bill they're talking about, look at S990 on Thomas.gov. And S990 is to provide for an additional temporary extension of programs under the Small Business Act and the Small Business Investment Act of 1958 and for other purposes. This may be part of something that's, that was just written up in Wired. I sent you a link. You yeah, no, I, I, I was about to say that. So this is what Udall is about, that there's actually a secret Patriot Act that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, and apparently Senator Ron Wyden is the, from Oregon, is a Democrat from Oregon, has been kind of hinting about it. <laughs> and and he's on the Intelligence Committee, but he can't say what it is because it's all classified. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. And I'll just read a little piece from this article. So one component of the Patriot Act in particular gives them immense pauses, the so-called business records provision, which empowers the FBI to get businesses, medical offices, banks, and other organizations to turn over any tangible things <laughs> it deems relevant to any security investigation. You got a problem with that? I always thought they were doing this already. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, basically, they can go after all records. They can tap your phone. They can do all kinds of stuff. There's a bunch of extra stuff. This article is quite interesting because there's like it's like everything you think is bad about the Patriot Act just make it worse. And I think <laughs> yeah. that they're just basically just recording everything they can on these you know terabyte drives on everybody they can. Oh yeah, it's got it's gotten even. But I mean, it, at first it sounds good because all about terror. Oh, we're going to oh, be able terrorism. to track some guy down. But once they get this these systems in place it's going to be about the normal crime you say well i don't know is this guy a jaywalker i don't know let's check him out let's follow his <laughs> look at that there's a hundred bucks we can collect <laughs> kick that guy's ass car rent literally todd hinnon who represents the type of material collected thus far as more individualistic and specific specific drivers license records hotel records car <laughs> rental records apartment <laughs> leasing records credit card records hooker records Blow well, records. that's the idea. You get somebody, you can, now you can create blackmailing schemes. You can find out what stocks to get into. This is one of the problems with this loss of privacy. Now the government, some agents within the government who are exploiting this information can figure out there's a merger acquisition going on. They can get in on it. it no one's ever going to be able to trace anything. I mean, the whole thing. Or you can blackmail somebody in Congress and get them to vote a certain way for, you know, genomic engineering or whatever. The whole thing, this is why it's bad. It's not because you're doing something bad. I keep, oh, I'm not doing anything bad. I don't care. You should care because somebody who might be doing something sketchy, you know, like maybe thinking about divorcing their wives. Oh, and no. Then you know, and then the next thing you know, they somebody finds out about, it and then it then blackmails them, so they vote a certain way, and that way they vote hurts you, the members of the public. That's the problem. If you see something, say something. Um, anyway, I was. I could uh, go on and on. No, no, I didn't. people don't get it. They don't understand why privacy is important. Well, there is one person who gets it, and I was considering doing this an end of show clip. We're almost at the end of the show, but I would prefer. To play the clip and then briefly discuss, hold hands, and then end the show. It's Ron Paul, who is, uh, in case uh, you didn't know, because of course the news media doesn't mention it, but he is a presidential candidate. Uh, he's a Republican. And uh, they try to demean him and keep him out of the discussion. Everybody in the mainstream media, everybody in the Republican Party, and everybody in the Democrat Party does this. Because he doesn't have any money to spend on the news networks. 
Isn't that uh, the way it works? I mean, Obama's going to raise... Think, I think there's more to it than that in his case. Well, I think duh, they- because the guy is pretty much right on, I think, in just about everything I've heard him say. So he rises, he rises to the occasion, he takes his uh, five minutes, and John, when you listen to this, it, it's it's basically what you just tried to say, only he had it written down and he's a professional. <laughs> I tried to <laughs> and say. He, and he's a professional. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The last nail is being driven into the coffin of the American Republic, yet Congress remains in total denial as our liberties are rapidly fading before our eyes. The process is propelled by unwarranted fear and ignorance as to the true meaning of liberty. It is driven by economic myths, fallacies, and irrational good intentions. The rule of law is constantly rejected, and authoritarian answers are offered as panaceas for all our problems. Runaway welfareism is used to benefit the rich at the expense of the middle class. Who would have ever thought that the current generation and Congress would stand idly by and watch such a rapid disintegration of the American Republic? Characteristic of this epic event is the casual acceptance by the people and the political leaders of the unitary uh, presidency, which is equivalent to granting dictatorial powers to the president. Our presidents can now, on their own, order assassinations, including American citizens, operate secret military tribunals, engage in torture, enforce indefinite imprisonments without due process order searches and seizures without proper warrants, gutting the Fourth Amendment, ignore the 60-day rule for reporting to the Congress the nature of any military operation as required by the War Power Resolution, continue the Patriot Act abuses without oversight, wage war at will, treat all Americans as suspected terrorists at airports with TSA groping and nude X-raying, And the Federal Reserve accommodates by counterfeiting the funds needed and not paid for by taxation and borrowing, permitting runaway spending, endless debt, and special interest bailouts. And all of this is not enough. The abuses and usurpations of the war power are soon to be codified in the National Defense Authorization Act now rapidly moving its way through Congress. Instead of repealing the 2001 authorization for the use of military force, as we should now that bin Laden is dead and gone, Congress is planning to massively increase the war power of the president. Though an opportunity presents itself to end the wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Pakistan, Congress, with bipartisan support, obsesses on how to expand the unconstitutional war power of the president he already holds. The current proposal would allow a president to pursue war anytime, place, for any reason without congressional approval. Many believe this would even permit military activity against American suspects here at home. The proposed authority does not reference the 9-11 attacks. It would, exp- it would be expanded to include the Taliban and associated forces, a dangerously vague and expensive, expansive definition of our potential enemies. There is no denial that the changes in Section 1034 totally eliminates the hard-fought-for restraint on presidential authority to go to war without congressional approval achieved at the Congressional, at the Constitutional Convention. Congress's war authority has been severely undermined since World War II, beginning with the advent of the Korean War, which was fought solely under a UN resolution. Even today, we're waging war in Libya without even consulting with the Congress, similar to how we went to war in Bosnia in the 1990s under President Clinton.
The three major reasons for, the for our constitutional conventions were to guarantee free trade and travel among the states, make gold and silver legal tender, and abolish paper money, and strictly limit the executive branch's authority to pursue war without congressional approval. But today, Federal Reserve notes are legal tender, gold and silver are illegal. The Interstate Commerce Clause is used to regulate all commerce at the expense of the free trade among the states. And now, the final nail is placed in the coffin of congressional responsibility for the war power, delivering this power completely to the President, a sharp and huge blow to the concept of our Republic. In my view, it appears that the fate of the American Republic is now sealed, unless these recent trends are quickly reversed. The saddest part of this tragedy is that all these horrible changes are being done in the name of patriotism and protecting freedom. They are justified by good intentions while believing the sacrifice of liberty is required for our safety. Nothing could be further from the truth. More sadly is the conviction that our enemies are driven to attack us for our freedoms and prosperity and not because of our deeply flawed foreign policy that has generated justifiable grievances and has inspired the radical violence against us. Without this understanding, our endless, unnamed, and undeclared wars will continue and our wonderful experiment with liberty will end. And I yield back the balance of my time. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy life. <laughs> <laughs> now, you would never have seen that on television or heard that on radio in its entirety, uninterrupted, with the context that John gave just before we started the clip. And that's why you need to support our show, because this is yeah, the type absolutely. of message you can. I mean, I'm serious about this. No, and I think you're at, you're, you're you nailed it. And I I like the fact that you segued over to it because that is a great clip. And you're right. Not only would you not hear that anywhere else except this show, uh, except on C-SPAN or wherever you got the clip and the show. C-SPAN, of course, I got it from C-SPAN. Is that it yeah. would be if it was ever used, it would be clipped out and made the so the guy would look like an idiot. Yep. Because that's what they do. This guy has been marginalized and pushed aside, and nobody is, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on. If, and, and this is, yeah, that, that was a great clip. That's the clip of the day. If only he was blonde and had a nice set of hooters, he, he would be great. But no, he looks kooky. This is, this is the he problem. No, yeah. it's a, but in the I, olden days, you know, he would have a shot at it. But now you got to have a, you know, if, but where's the balls on these other guys? Where's the Mitt Romneys and these other guys who are running for office? They can't stay. They're douchebags. They are elitist douche. All of them. Yeah, and, and they're all working for the same people for the banks and Monsanto. Oh, Monsanto. Well, even the the Supreme Court works for Monsanto. Yeah, it's you know. Mickey said to me yesterday... Another lively show. I know. Mickey said to me yesterday, well, you're already in your no agenda mode, I see, because I'm like, my face is like down to my balls. I'm like, mm, <laughs> uh, what's going on? I don't But, you know, I don't know. I think that just knowing this makes me feel better. And I hope everyone else, who, it's, as long as you know it, then it doesn't hurt so much. 
But something- yeah, no, that's true. I think that's what we deliver. And we also deliver the ability to see through a lot of this stuff. I think people, you know, they can watch. I mean, I, you know, I, even though, you know, I've actually improved my cynical ability to see through crap <laughs> by just because we do the show, you know, and I, we, we keep reaffirming the, the concept of, uh, of, of deconstruction. And uh, so you can get, you know, you get through it, but it's like, unfortunately, there are so many people out there. And I think this is what's annoying to a lot of the listeners. And I want to tell people out there, we need more listeners, Yeah, we do. but you're not going to get anybody who, who you get irked by. You have to bring in people who are kind of already leaning. You have to preach to the choir because that's the only people that will buy into this because the other people are, are gone. It's like you've just lost them. They're lost to whatever. Well, what I am noticing, though, um, is that peop- there's, there's so much um, of the kind of material we talk about, but it's kind of spread out all over. People are hearing things. So, for instance, Mickey has uh, one of her best friends, this guy from uh, Holland. Uh, he's over for a week, and for his, his birthday, he gave himself a trip, and so they're hanging out. And... Um, and you know, I have never really had a chance to sit down with him and you know bond a little bit. And you know, he's an important guy in her life, and uh, so he definitely understands what I do. And then you know, last night we were having dinner. He says, "So, um, these builder burgers. Tell me about <laughs> the builder burgers. The drinking club. Yeah. Well, I this is exactly. What I said, well, my partner John would say it's a drinking club. He says, yeah, but." You know, uh, it's like really a Bernard started this and he's got a lot of the background. And but what he's really sensing, and this is good, is that the elites do run a lot of the show. And and, you know, in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, they are they are severely suppressed. It's like real shut up slave time over there. And everyone and, and what's happening is that everyone's getting angry at each other. You know, it's like, why should we pay for the Greeks? Why yeah, should we is, pay yeah. for the Portuguese? Why should we pay for the Spain for the Spanish? All of this stuff. Meanwhile, they're broke. I mean, he's a he's a real estate guy. It's like, but it, you know, like upper end. So uh, it, you know, his, his you know his, his business went down fifty percent, but he's still doing fine. Meanwhile, uh, dermatologists are making six hundred thousand dollars a year. Surgeons, well over a million dollars a year in Holland. Because of the scam that the insurance company set up with the socialized medicine, nurses make about thirty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, there you go. It's it's screwed up. <laughs> anyway, so you know, but uh, when I we've got uh, we've got students at uni who are becoming experts in linear algebra. We've got uh, all kinds of kids who are doing amazing things, and there's a lot of hope. For uh, future generations, unfortunately, John, for you and I, party's over. <laughs> we don't we don't get to hang out anymore and have fun like the eighties and nineties. Well, it wasn't that much fun looking back on it. How about the seventies though? Did you have a good time in the seventies? I don't. You know, the seventies are a blur. See, that's what I mean. I'm so <laughs> pissed off that I didn't get to. I could have had it. I don't know. I may have had the time <laughs> of my life. Who knows? <laughs> I feel gypped that I didn't get the seventies. That I think that would have been great in the seventies. The seventies. Like, hey! Well, this decade should be very similar because it's on the same cycle. So that so that. So starting in the next year or two, it should be a party central. I mean, it's going to be a lot of parties because the seventies were a depress were were a downturn in the economy, but it was an upturn in creativity, partying, uh, movies, art, 
And I think that's the same thing we're going to, we're actually in the beginning of witnessing here. So, but, but because of all this repression that we discuss a lot on the show, I think it's, it's holding things back. But, you know, it's, it's going to, something's going to happen. Do you think, so do you think that it'll be great for creative spirit? Um, that we're gonna that we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of great. I mean, art. I think art. I agree with. I disagree with movies and television. No, you watch oh. the movies will start up. It, it, it has to happen. It happened in the '30s. It happened in the '70s. It has to happen this decade. But there's too much propaganda going on right now. It's like I think you're going to see some great movies this decade. Yeah, but back in uh, the back in the '30s, there were no unions. You know, now it's really complicated just to make a movie. You know, a small budget movie is ten million dollars. Because you know, I'm everyone's saying, got that. I'm just going by the cycles. I'm not going by the finance. You're not going by facts. Just going, just going by cycles. No, I'm not going by facts. I'm going by fine <laughs> by cycles. The cycle says it's going to something good's going to happen. Well, I think so, I, th- I think I think you and I are performing a form of art, and I'm very happy to do it. This is a performance. This is <laughs> to- about it. This is totally a performance art. And anybody piece. says you guys are full of crap, you said that you know we do make mistakes on the show because yeah, we're just going, we're winging it. Yeah. And uh, we got we get our facts, but then you know Adam will ask me something about what happened in 1973, and I don't know. So if you, <laughs> you guys know. are wrong. You said this. You said that. Hey, look at it as performance art. Yeah, it's performance art. And what do we have? Like a staff. Uh, we got no staff. We got all volunteers. We got all volunteer artists, volunteer PR people. We got volunteers everywhere. Yeah, uh, we do have people sending us stuff voluntarily. I mean, it's it's a it's you know we do it is art more than it is anything else. Now, I do want to say that this uh, what's been ex- incredibly helpful is the people contributing to the No Agenda News Network. So you can go to noagendanewsnetwork.com. There's also a couple of different. Uh, um, domains pointing to that. What's great about this? Twenty four seven stories come in, and people are contributing it. So if you if you find yourself sending me an email once a week with a story, please send me an email with No Agenda News Network or N A N N in the subject line and ask for an account because I'm dying in the email over here. Okay, yeah, it, it it really helps when you're on that system. And it benefits everybody, so you can track what stories I'm looking at. When you do that, think, oh, uh, they're looking at this. Maybe I can do some research over there. And that really does work. Um, a big thanks to uh, uh, our uh, Southern Bread is his uh, handle, uh, blog.southernbread.com. This guy's amazing. I can't wait to meet him on our tour, which I have to mention, the uh, No Agenda Nation tour. Uh Thank you very much. Keep sending your uh, suggestions to Mickey, Mickey at Curry.com, M-I-C-K-Y. Uh, John, the, the the invitations were, I mean, we actually have tears in our eyes sometimes. The things that people are inviting us to. I mm. mean, a lot of it is, you know, park in my driveway, dump your septic tank in my, <laughs> in my yard, steal my Wi-Fi. We're, we're going to make, you know, we're going to do a barbecue, but there's people like, you know, I got a boat. I got a balloon. Uh, come here. There's, it's so beautiful. We are well, so incredibly keep excited. Keep a database. No, Mickey's keeping everything, okay. uh, which means it's organized. Well, she's more organized than you, yeah, so that's good. Yeah, she's very organized. And it's it's heartwarming. It's beautiful. The only thing, of course, we still don't have is an RV. And, uh, and I'm afraid that we're going to have to wind up, you know, like doing something drastic to be able to. I mean, we're going no matter what. But I, I mean, renting one is like out of control. It's really expensive. But I'll keep begging, and maybe something good will happen. Well, I keep asking. If hey, I got it. Access. Give yourself some karma oh. for the RV. Okay. Come on, get it. <laughs> You've got. 
karma. There you go. That was a wrong key. Oh, well. Uh, so, um, yeah, plenty more stuff. At, uh, so we have the, the new show notes system, which you all get as a part of the package. At uh, So you just fill in the episode number. So this will be 307 dot. N-A, that's November Alpha, shownotes.com. Or as John would say, what is N-A in your world? Uh, Napster <laughs> Angry. Napster Angry, shownotes.com. <laughs> and, of course, if you fill in 308, uh, by the end of the day, you'll start seeing the stories and the show prep for Sunday show. And keep that support coming, people. Keep the support coming in. Support this show. We need your help now more than ever, as you can tell from our short thank you list. Nice to talk to you again, John. It was a pleasure, and I'm glad that we our listeners are hanging in there. Yeah, and I'm glad we don't have to talk anywhere except during this show. Keeps the relationship great. It's a good thing. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California, yay. Uh, the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the morning. My name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the clouds have moved in, which is disconcerting since it's all not even noon yet, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. We have Mr. Oil up next with Oil's Crude Show. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Ah!